Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio.
Bam! What a way to start a show. Welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And that is a song on the new Frankenstein 3000 number one smash CD with Keith Roth and his band that he's in. And we are going to be talking with Keith. I have himself and Spencer Drake who is um, the Indie Cafe, who we do special editions on here. He is a accomplished um, artist um, in, in many museums, MoMA, and a lot of different things. Other has won national awards, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, with his album covers and everything. So we're really excited to have Spencer on as well as Keith. I wanted to wish Keith a happy belated birthday. And I wanted to let everyone know if they would like to listen to this show. It will be available um, on iTunes afterwards. You can download it as a podcast. And also the chat room is open. It is moderated today. So if you guys want to go in there and ask any questions, you may do that. And if you'd like to call in, also the number is 347 Six seven seven one zero three six, and um, we received a little bit of sad news today about a very good friend, Scott Weiland. So we want to wish everyone out there thinking about him. Um, uh, you know, positive thoughts. He's in a really awesome place um, right now, and uh, we want to carry on with beautiful music and amazing stuff, and have Keith on because this is going to be a really fun show right before the holidays. So let me bring Spencer in and also bring Keith in. Keith and Spencer, are you there? Yes. Hi, Holly. Hey, Holly. <laughs> hey, Spencer. How are you, buddy? Hi. How are you, Keith? Good. Hi, Holly. So listen, that is an amazing song that we opened up with. That's on your um, CD, Frankenstein 3000, uh, number one smash CD. I love that. That's a great song. You oh, want to tell us a little thanks. bit about that song? Besides you just being a uh, producer at Cirrus <laughs> XM Radio and you yeah. um, coordinate rock icon David Johansson's Mansion of Fun weekly radio show. And what else don't you do? I mean, <laughs> you do a little uh, bit of everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't slept since <laughs> the 80s. I could say that for sure. But uh, yeah. yeah, that song actually was on a, was on a record called Allerton Avenue. Um, and when uh, Main Man got picked up by NVD, Instead of putting uh-huh. out like all the seven previous records, we culminated mm-hmm. like a compilation record. So it's kind of like a best of. And uh, you know, I, I always love that song, Tara Elliott singing background vocals, and you know, just a, a good opener. Just yeah, it's an amazing song. Really Thank has you. some really good good energy. And again, we do want to wish you a belated birthday. I know your birthday was December first. We've got a lot of December birthdays in the house, so here we go. No, actually, it was no, November twenty sixth. Was it? Yeah, right I thought Thanksgiving. it was November first. December first. I'm sorry, November twenty sixth. You're like right before Thanksgiving then. Wow. I was right on Thanksgiving. I'm the ultimate turkey, right? <laughs> you are the ultimate turkey, baby. We love you. Uh, the, we like white and dark rock meat. Turkey. You're the rock turkey. <laughs> you're uh, the you know, rock and it's also turkey. good to hear Spencer. I you know, well, we didn't talk that long ago, Spencer. Right, about a couple months ago. I know. I know. It's really great, man. You have a great show. No, but it's a. Uh, it's flattering to be on the show, and thank you so much for having me. Hey. Oh, you're very you're welcome. Our pleasure. Yeah, I was saying. Uh, love yeah, having you here. About Scott I want to hear. I want to hear about some of the stuff you've been doing. I mean, um, I, uh, your CDs and your radio shows and 
all the really hey, amazing Holly, stuff you've been I, in front I for a while. with something on one of his CDs? Uh, yeah, oh, of course. The, the American Go for it. Remakers, the 20 Explosive Tracks. Now, that has a lot of great artists on it, Keith, you know, um, right? That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what that was is, you know, initially when I put the band together, there were some, you know, labels that were snooping around, and, uh, you know, Main Man was kind of kicking at that point, but I said, you know what, uh, let's have some fun. Let's do a covers record, and fortunately, you know, I knew enough rock icons, you know, people that I grew up, you know, uh, you know, adoring, and then, you know, being fortunate enough to get to know them. So I said, let's go in the studio, let's do some covers, and, uh, you know, some of the people joined the party, like, you know, Manitoba and Joe Hansen, Steve Conti, uh, Leif Garrett. Love <laughs> and Steve, it was a lot of yeah. fun. It was fun, you know. And, um, you know, but then after that, you know, we've been fortunate because, you know, we've made like eight records, and uh, we kind of, mm-hmm. I felt like, kind of built up a bit of a following where we were able to kind of get through that door where, People still buy, you know, our records. We have this cult base, and we're fortunate enough to make a record every year, and the label, you know, recoups the money for it. And, uh, you know, we're really blessed to be able to do that because a lot of bands, you know, can't do that. So, I mean, you know, at least every year we get to make a record and have some fun doing it. Well, how did you it's start? Amazing. How did you start your career, uh, Keith? How yeah, I want to hear about that. The beginning. Um, the beginning's always yeah, fun. I started, uh, you know, you know I grew, I, fortunately, I, I grew up, you know, my middle brother was a big Stones guy, and, you know, he got me into bands like the MC5 and the Stooges and the Stones at such an early age, mm-hmm. and, you know, growing up in the Bronx, actually, you know, right on the same street was like, you know, the Dictators in Manitoba, it was like this really little special area, so when I when we moved out of there, we figured, like, everybody knew who the Stooges and MC5 were, but it was a very cultish, eclectic kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I, I became, you know, infatuated with rock and roll at a young age. And and at that point, you know, I started playing in bands. Actually, you know, the really, I auditioned for the Ramones back in 87. You uh, did? I, yeah, when Dee Dee left the band, oh, my buddy uh, Dave Halpern was doing a, was starting to do a gig with Dee Dee. And he said, uh-huh. look, you know, uh, he's leaving the Ramones. And he gave me a Gary Kerr first number. And I, uh, you know, I went down to audition. They brought me back another time. But that was really the first time in my life where I actually played with a band that was good. How funny. And, uh, you know, and then after that, you know, I mean, fortunately getting to know Joey and those guys. And then, uh, you know, I had a band in the late 80s, early 90s called Bad Biscuit, which, you know, I thought was a great band ahead of its time. And we got to play with the Ramones. And, you know, playing music kind of led me to radio. But radio was something that I never really aspired to do. It just kind of happened. I know. Isn't radio fun? Radio is fun. Radio is a lot of fun. It really it is. was a lot of fun. It's, uh, I want to know it, what were you listening to when you were younger? What was the music besides some of the music that you were telling me about that you were um, exposed to where you were living? What, what 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 kind of music were you bringing home and playing? I mean, the first record I uh, I remember getting, uh, well, stealing my brother's record was that Octagon <laughs> through the Fast Darkly, that Stones record, and uh-huh. uh, you know I remember. Believe it or not, David Peel on the Lower East Side, Have a Marijuana, uh, uh-huh. MC, MC5, Kick Out. These were like standard stuff around the house. So, yeah. you know, that's the stuff that really exposed me. And then, you know, really becoming a Stones guy. And then, you know, uh, you know, loving Black Sabbath and Zeppelin. And then, you know, when the punk rock wow. thing happened, I was really young. But I remember Corvettes. You guys remember Corvettes? Yeah. Yes. I do. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, and they used to have this punk rock wall, and I remember seeing the uh, Ramones' "Rocket to Russia" cover, and I was just like, "Wow, these guys are like the coolest." And you know, as soon as I, I took that home, then I discovered like Richard Hell and uh, the Dead Boys, and you know, it was full on after that. That was all the well, stuff know, I worked on, Keith. 
That was I know, I know. You did Road to <laughs> Ruin and all those great album yeah. covers, Talking Heads. I mean, that was a big impact for me. And then you, know, awesome. you really had a Ramones. But I see you have like a really big Ramones thing. I mean, the power, the power band that you have, you know, plays really strong. You know, a lot. So you yeah. know what I'm saying. And who's in the band, by the way? Who are your band members? Yeah, uh, Tommy Tafaro. He's been in the band since uh, you know for about eight years. Eric Koglin's been in the band for ten years. Our drummer, uh, just sadly after a, a decade plus, he just moved out to Arizona. So uh, Pete Perina is a guy that plays in a, another great band around here called Lords of Mercy. He be uh, mm-hmm. he became a member, and you know I mean uh, we just got through a bunch of stuff. Now it's kind of like thinking about you know the next record. And I'm also working on an unplugged record, which is I'm about halfway done. Uh, Ooh, I can't wait to hear it. that. Yeah, we should hear oh, that. It's, it's a really cool. It's people that you know follow what I do. They're really going to be surprised. But it's kind of like yeah. you know an MTV kind of unplugged kind of setting. But like you know some of the guys from Monster Magnet are on it. And believe it or not, I remember Punky Meadows from Angel. Yeah, right. He uh, you know he made an, he makes an appearance on it as well as Earl Slick. Real fun. So you know working on that, working on and then the. Uh, that movie, which you got, you know, I told you about, the Let Me Down Hard. They started doing some screenings on that, so that should be uh, rearing its ugly head in 2016. Are you doing some soundtrack for that? I'm actually in the film. This was like the strangest thing ever. We, I uh, want to hear about this. To, yeah. They asked us to do uh, uh, a Max's reunion back in like uh-huh. 20, 2009. Max's so Kansas I, City, yeah. Max's Kansas City reunion. Uh, can you curse on the air? Or no? Of course. Uh, you know, like the sick fucks played and the dead boys. I mean, not the dead boys, the tough darts. So after after the show is over, I meet this Can guy. Can you curse on the air? You have to ask you know. permission. <laughs> well, you oh know, my I, God. I do terrestrial, too, so i got to watch what I say sometimes, you know. Yeah, it's okay. But, uh, it's cool. So, uh, you know, it's after I did this Max's reunion, I meet this guy, Billy, and we start talking, mm-hmm. and it turns out he was a film director, and he worked with, like, you know, Elvis Costello and... You know, uh, wow. uh, uh, so many people, Al Green, and he was telling me about this film. Oh. And I, mm-hmm. this, the weirdest thing is this guy lives like a block from me or, you know, half a mile from me. And uh, he said he's been looking for this guy to play this role, Jack Ainsley, for years. And, uh, you know, he had me read for it. And next thing you know, I've never had any acting experience, so I got the part. And it took five years okay. to make. And now it's up to, uh, you know, they're doing some screenings just for people to kind of see if everything makes sense, you know, preliminary screenings. But uh, you know, now it's, you know, they submitted it to Sundance, and, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be coming out in 2016. Do they have wow. a distribution deal? Do they have a distribution deal yet? Um, I know he's, you know, he was also the director of uh, Lesser Profits. I'm not sure if they have mm-hmm. a distribution deal. I know, you know, the label that I'm on, Main Man, has a distribution deal with uh, MVD, and I know they do a lot of video stuff, but that's right. always an option. But I think he wants to do the festivals, play it around for a while, and see what happens. You know, it's it's, it's a film, you know, a, sc- a screenplay that he wrote like 10 years ago, and, uh, you know, he was very excited to get it done. You know, he told me it was going to be six months, but it wound up being five years. But hey, listen, you know, wow. I, got, I, got, I got, you know, we're working on a film festival and we're getting entries mm-hmm. in now. You know, Southeastern down in Nashville is going to be in May, mm-hmm. and we have over two thousand indie films entered. Once, get in touch with me to enter it if you could. Okay. Yeah, I, that would I, you be kind of cool. You it's yeah. you know a lot of people have seen the movie and it's really really cool. I mean you know I mean Let's I'm my own worst it. critic and when I saw it I was like wow this is I'm really proud you know you don't realize it after all cool. these years is you know but it's good. <laughs> and then I'm uh, actually working on another movie which is really weird because you know doing radio for so many years 
and you meet all the typical, you know, the sex, you know, you hear all the typical sex, drugs, rock and roll stories, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, back in 2000 or like 99, uh, interviewed. Remember, remember uh, Artemis Powell from Leonard Skinner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, this cat's been in like, you know, three plane crashes. Uh, you know, uh, a Vietnam vet. Uh, wow. You know, wow. Then it, it, just so many crazy stories, that, you know, and. Uh, uh, you know, I always said if I ever found a way to make a movie on this guy, it would be incredible, you know. And then, you know, meeting Billy from this film, and, uh, you know, we connected with Artemis, and we're just about done making a, a documentary on this guy, which is going to be over the top. It's going to be way over and the top. And you're in it? Oh, you're well. in it? No, I just, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm, you know, the four of it, m- me, uh, Billy, this guy, Mark Regan, and Jim. Well, you probably know, Spencer, Jimmy Walls, B.B. Buell's husband. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, generation. yeah. Yeah, I know the awesome coast. dude. You know the four of us. You know we're kind of like directors, producers, <laughs> jack oh, of all trades. Awesome. Wow. But this movie. So BB's you know, working I mean, on that with you. BB Buell's well, working, working on, on that it. with you. Oh, that's great! No, I no, know uh, that you Jim. play with her sometimes, don't you? No, it's Jimmy Walls. Jimmy Walls, right? With Jimmy. Jimmy? Jimmy's uh, mm-hmm. BB's husband. But, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, right. I, you know, but they moved down to Nashville. You know, I miss them. Right. I, yeah, I had so many great times playing with them. She's she's an amazing performer. She I is. Mean, I had, we've played so many great shows, and uh, you know, sadly they're down there. I definitely miss uh, seeing them on a regular basis. Yeah, they were in New York a lot. I saw them a lot in New York, Keith. You know, when they were yeah. There. A lot of people are moving to Nashville, um, Keith. It's really right. funny, you know. And, uh, and mm-hmm. ironically enough, that's where the film festival is going to be in Nashville this year. And I'm oh, one of the judges the on the film festival. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome! Yeah, we got to. It's going to be definitely connect you and Bill. I, I would yeah. love for the film to be shown down it, there. If you were, hey Keith, Keith, if you email me, I'll send you the link of entry so you can pass it on if you need to. Yeah, okay. absolutely. That'd be cool. That would be so great hanging out in Nashville. I got so many friends down there, and you, you're right. That's become the hotbed. You know, I mean, it's been the hotbed. It really, a lot of people are down, down there. there. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I wanted to ask you. Um, you've interviewed. Um, quite a few people, like Joe Strummer, John Paul Jones, as you mentioned. You've, you know, hundreds of people, and we've had, I've had quite a few people on Red Velvet Media, and then also with the Indie Cafe with Spencer and myself. And um, I know that you are have a knack for coaxing, inter- intimate, revealing interviews. As I'm reading here from your profile, from your high profile guests, it's funny because oh, okay. a lot of people that come on our show, you know, it's like. They hang up and then they call me and they tell me, God, you got so much out of me, things that my mother doesn't even know. It's like, like, wow, you know, that's really just a lot. Well, you know, because I ask really really interesting questions as well as Spencer. And, um, you know, I have one for you. Um, I have one for you. Um, Okay. Who really was your mentor? I mean, I'm hearing a lot that your brother was really, really turned you on to your music and stuff, but I wondered who really mentored you, like, into getting into music, and then how did music segue into the radio? I want to hear about that, how that happened. I want to hear the story about that. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, my brother is like, you know, I'm kind of like a mistake because my middle brother is yeah. like 12 years older than me. You're wonderful. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, both my brothers, I mean, my, my oldest brother is almost 20 years older than me, so it's kind of, you know, my parents totally screwed up that night. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, so, so I mean, I, you know, basically, you know, uh, from, you know, 
10, 11 years old, I was kind of on my own. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, like I was saying, I caught the bug for rock and roll, and I was just obsessed with it. You know, I, I ate, wow. breathe, and sleep rock and roll. That's what it was all about. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, doing music for so many years, you know, you start playing in bands, and then, you know, I was in this band, Bad Biscuit, and we had a, you know, we had a lot of things going on at that time. And, you know, but then, you know, everything kind of reaches the end. And, um, you know, I was working on a couple other projects. I'll never forget, it was a rainy day. And uh, mm-hmm. this girl, Amy Christie, who was a publicist for, you know, Charlie Watts and, uh, mm-hmm. gosh, who else did she do? Tra- Ronnie Wood. And she used to do some P- – she was working PR for a record that we put out. And, you know, she was asking a lot about Jersey, and she kind of moved down here, and I lost touch with her. And she just calls me, and she says, hey, what do you think about doing a radio show with me on, on a station called oh, The wow. Rat? And The mm-hmm. Rat's just kind of – you know, they're still around 20 years later. And at first I said no, because I thought it was like more like front-selling and back-selling music. And then she was like, no, we could do our own show. And I'm like, can we play the Ramones? Can we play Bowie? Can we play, you know? And she was like, we could, you know, let's have a meeting. And, uh, you know, those guys down there were crazy enough to say yes and uh, still doing that show for 20 years. And, you know, in the first month, I mean, you know, because of the people we knew in the industry, we had everybody down there. We had Joey Ramone coming down and co-host. And, you know, we interviewed Alice Cooper and then, you know, from that show, when Sirius, you know, first came together, I didn't even know what it was. You know, it was like satellite yeah, I know. radio. You know, and they said, you know, hey, would you be interested in doing like a punk show here? And, uh, you know, I was like, I didn't know what it was, so I went up to New York. As soon as I got off the elevator, I saw, you know, Carol Miller and Meg and Pat wow. St. John. Oh, wow. and I'm like, I better educate myself really quick. And I started out there doing a punk show and uh, doing a weekend on this channel called First Wave, which was like 80s alternative music, and that led to like Buzzsaw. I've been on Octane, uh, Ozzy's Boneyard, Air Nation, uh, you know. And then, um, and then when David Johansson got hired, you know, me and him used to always chat in the hallways all the time, and they used to bring me on his Mansion of Fun show. And because he keeps the same hours as I do, I thought I think Meg Griffin said, you know what, maybe maybe we'll put these guys together. And I've been working on his show for the last. Uh, God, oh, 13 years, 12 years, something like that. That's amazing. And you've interviewed some amazing people like Joe Strummer and Alice oh, Cooper. And, yeah, yeah, we've had yeah. a lot of people. I want to hear about that. I mean, you know, it's really hard as a radio host. Can't you tell that? Because it's like, for mm-hmm. me, people ask me, what, what was part of your favorite? And they ask Spencer and myself. And when we do our individual shows, like, what, what was your favorite thing that you've done so far and for me I had to say that when I did my reggae series um, interviews when I was calling Jamaica those guys are off the hook funny they can sing on at the drop of the queue you know when you're wow. calling someone but um, for you I mean you, you're you like straight across the are board are those shows on demand know? by the way? What's happening? Uh, I'm sorry. yes everything is on iTunes just so everybody knows everything's on iTunes under Red Velvet Media but um, the Indie Cafe shows that we do with Spencer, they're titled under the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Network. And again, I wanted to say, if anyone misses the beginning of the show, the show will be available afterwards on demand on iTunes and also on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And if you're listening live, the chat room is open if you'd like to call in. Um, the number is three four seven six seven seven one zero three six. Yeah, there's tons of shows on there, and they're really great. Um, I mean, we've had some really fun moments. Um, Spence and I, we we've had, you know, amazing people on, and and just people. And it's funny, you know, we did. I did one show where Johnny Depp called in, and it was pretty funny. And uh, he called in, said his name was Vinny. Um, that was an art show. And it, was, it was pretty you funny. Know, uh, Holly, you know what show we had was really great. It was in two thousand. Yeah. We had 
We had Tommy Ramone on with Monty Melman. Oh, Tommy, that was funny. That was a great show, Ramone show, yeah. Keith. That was really amazing. Oh, you know, actually, I, you had you guys had Richie on the show too, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Richie was yeah, going to come out here show. play. That was great. Oh, and you had Zach Starkey too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, not yet. I've, no, no, no. We, we haven't just, had Zach on yet. We're but I had, an, I had the Richie show. That was great. I've had an interview with Zach Starkey in Punk Punk Globe magazine recently. But um, but we've had really incredible people, Holly. Right? I mean, we've had um, yeah, Steve and Conti we're gonna have on. we had Steve Conti on. Your friend Steve Conti was on. Yeah, twice. Steve's amazing. Steve's I awesome. love having Steve on. He has such a great heart. He is the most beautiful heart of all the players that I well, He's not of all of them, but I, he just really has a good heart. I love him. He I love has his whole family. I mean, his mom, and his sister, his mom's amazing. Rosemary's great. Me? You know. His sister, Jen. I remember it, seeing Steve playing, I think, Jennifer's 21st birthday party. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think I think he was in blood, sweat, and tears at that point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, and then it was, it was interesting to see him, you know, getting in the dolls. And, you know, I mean, it's been a, a minute. It's been a minute since I spoke to him, but he's an awesome dude. That whole family is just absolutely great. They're love the, great. Love the and his mom. You know who we've also had on here, Spence? Remember we had B.B. Well, no, I don't think you were on for that show. I had B.B. Buell on my show once or twice. And, and She's and really Chris, fun. We had Chris France on with Tina Weymouth. Remember yeah, Chris. Tina Weymouth's birthday party. That was cool. Yeah. That must have been great. That yeah. must and, have been great. Um, you know, we're looking to bring Zach on. Um, we've had a couple other people on, Nancy Lee Andrews, who was with Ringo. So she's been on a couple times, and she's talked about Zach and him being younger and picking up his father's um, you know, drumsticks and playing the drums and stuff like that. But um, you know, well, I think and the again, why I'm going to ask. Love your show is because you know, the, you know, you guys, you know, the passion and the love. You know, you don't just kind it. of, uh, you know, just go through the motions. I mean, it. you know, you guys are fans and you and you're part of the industry, and that's and it resonates with the people that are on the show, and that's why it creates these good vibes and you know, mm-hmm. people you know connect with it. Love well, it. Spencer's yeah. Mr. Social Butterfly. Okay. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, this one I'm here. In New York doing my oh, rock I'm on my way. I'm on my way this morning to tea with Mick Rock, and then from there I'm going to an art <laughs> opening with with John Lennon's wife, and then one of the, and then and then I'm going to be with Sylvia Reed, and then I don't know, maybe dinner tonight at. I'm like, okay, all right, you know. And I'm out here, and Keith, I don't know if you know where I'm at. I'm in I'm in Sonoma, which is in Northern California. Um, but we still have really amazing stuff happening up here. I mean, um, Carlos Santana lives down the street from me, um, and we've got a lot of really great, amazing, you know, Jack Blades, Tommy Shaw, um, you know, a lot of people, Chicago, Doobie Brothers, they have a studio here on the Vineyard. Um, I'm on a vineyard, so it's it's pretty amazing up here. Except when You're it snows large, like great it did the other day. Every day, right? Oh, wait a minute. Today it's beautiful. Yesterday it was raining, um, and it's been unusually cold. And they're saying that we may have a little snow over the weekend. We're not really sure, but the snow doesn't stick. But you know, still, <laughs> I'm in Northern California. I'm 25 or 30 minutes away from San Francisco, so I get to go into the city and see really cool stuff, like at the um, you know, the DNA Lounge or the Red Devil Lounge, you know, we've got a lot of really cool people coming in. And um, then we've got the city winery, you know, right here in Napa, which is closing, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in January. But there's some really amazing people that play up here. So oh, I mean, we get what L.A. gets. 
Yeah. And even better, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, was, uh-huh. I mean, you know, when you, when you think of, you know, San Francisco and all those great bands that came out, you know, it infected a whole Amazing. generation. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, and right. photography, okay? We've had a lot of photographers on the show because of Spencer's artwork and because of my love for art and because of the people that some of the photographers that we know and we love um, like um, Baron Wallman, he has a permanent collection up here at one of the wineries, and right now he has a groupie um, exhibition going on of a lot of uh, his art, and before that it was a Woodstock exhibit. But um, I know in New York there's a gallery, Samantha Lewin Gallery, and also mm-hmm. then the Morrison Hotel Gallery, right. which we've had on quite a few times. We love them, and we love Samantha because... They've got a lot of mix and, um, you know, Bob Gruen's work, and we've had Bob right. on a couple times. But, you know, getting back Bob, to what Bob my original is, uh, question you know, was, Bob's amazing. No, no, I'm digging what you're saying. I mean, you know, I'm you yeah. thinking of Bob. I mean, he's, he's totally one of my favorites amazing. as a person. And it's straight across the board, pop culture. We, like, love we, – we do everything from even tea to cu- – keep cup, keep cup. Spencer. I can't wait to get out. Well, the next time I get out there, you're gonna to have to show me around. I mean, you know, especially right. You, know, you have to right hit there. me hey, up. I better, I better, wait a minute, I gotta break in here because I can tell you, Keith. Holly is a great cook. Holly is a great cook, and she has oh, recipes yeah? you will die. Forget about it. You, uh-huh. you better ask. I'm telling you, she's unreal for cooking. Don't even get me started about food, all right, Keith? Because. Like, well, I'm okay. this weekend, so I mean, you know. Let's okay, well, you can fly, fly here. Okay, so listen. And, uh, head over. This is funny, okay? <laughs> we have the best food in this area because everything is very artisan. I know I know. New York has great food, too. But we, and, and you know, I miss I miss having my, my cheese steaks and all that stuff from Philadelphia and everything. But here we have, like, you know, we grow a lot of our own stuff. We're, we're, we do a lot of sustainable type stuff. And so because we're on vineyards and because we're in an area where we can grow stuff, besides the celery, which, by the way, if you're out there and you don't know about the celery, E. coli thing, check it out on the Internet. Make sure you don't have any celery in your refrigerator that you're going to get sick on. Um, well. But, <laughs> yeah, there's a cel- big celery recall right now. But, um, yeah, no, definitely There's come up here. There's a lot of crazy here. stuff going on. Oh, it is. At first they thought it was one thing, and then they found out it was the celery. So um, it was like in everything, like the, you know, the stuffing and whatever, juicing and stuff like that. So they're pulling celery off the shelves. But that's what brings it back to, like, like the garden, like, you know, what Joni Mitchell said, you know, we got to get, get back to the garden. It's like, okay, we're all growing our own food. We're growing vegetables and really cool stuff. And, you know, we are sustainable farming here. And, and it's not just like, you know, going out and doing this, but there's a strawberry patch here. And there's like, you know, places you can go and buy fresh produce off the side of the road, figs and olives. I mean, come on now. I mean, come on now. I mean, uh, you know, as soon as we, I'm texting Spence right now. He's, uh, you know, we have well, to get in touch with him. Uh, eight, yeah, know, he'll make sure he week. gives you my address <laughs> and my phone number. And I'll, I'll well, you have my phone number. Call, call me. Don't worry. Yeah. It, it so you're like going to be, uh, you're going to come. Of a, a good, it would sound like the base of a good Cheech and Chong movie. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> well, listen, i got to ask you something. Oh, besides that, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to tell him. It's harvest time right now in Sonoma, Keith, Okay. 
It smells that. really good up here. Oh, I could imagine. I could smell it yeah. from here, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Yep. In <laughs> the whole valley, it's funny. It smells so yeah. amazing. You always know when it's harvest time because they're harvesting the grapes, and then also the helicopters are flying over looking to see what else is planted in the in the vineyards. But the whole har- the whole area smells. I mean, it's really funny. You always know where they're harvesting all the really good stuff. You know. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask. Can I ask Keith? A I think I'm I want to ask Keith. You can Keith ask him whatever you want. Spencer, <laughs> not ask me. I don't me. want to cut no. in. Now you were finishing up your story. No, I, I, we're having Keith, fun. No, she was painting the picture, man. I was like, you know, just kind Keith of riding up. along with it, like Keith you know, Keith going. To, I want. I want to. I want to ask Keith. <laughs> does he have any music stories that he? Yeah, that's what I want to hear too. On, yeah. That you'd like to tell us any incredible, you know, music? Yeah, uh, who he interviewed. He had fun with. Yeah. Mind blowing experiences. Who came in well, and rolled I mean, a joint in your yeah, studio? I, I can't really <laughs> talk about, you know, because uh, it's just yet. I mean, i got to save it for the book because I do want to have some friends after this. But, uh, I mean, there's been so many amazing situations, you know. I mean, from, you know, like I said, we've been fortunate. We've played with so many uh, great bands throughout the years. I mean, uh, and, uh, you know, in radio, obviously, you know. I mean, one of my favorite experiences, though, is uh, the night that um, me, uh, Amy, and Joe, uh, Joey Ramone interviewed Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. And there was this wow. one part where... Alice, you know, Joey got really emotional, and he said to Alice, you know, Alice, when I put on I Love the Dead, you know, it kind of makes me happy. It it brings the sunshine in. And he was getting really emotional, and that kind of transcends, you know, with you. And I'll never forget Alice without missing a beat goes, you know, I wouldn't tell your therapist that. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But, you know, one of the most happiest scenes is when uh, John Paul Jones, you know, when he was telling us when he found, you know, John Bonham, dead and you know you, you know you're sitting there mm. with you know one quarter of you know arguably one of the you know greatest bands of all time and for john yep. to get emotional in front of you telling about you know finding the body of uh you know john bond i mean there's so many you know you know i've probably done you know thousands of interviews and but you know those are the couple of things that you just never forget you know right, right. Mm-hmm. there's so many you know um, i've had a couple but, you know, doing of those that, aha moments yeah it's like weird huh you kind of like okay. have to check yourself on it you know? yeah, I mean, when we first started doing it, I mean, you know, I mean, people would be coming to the station on Sunday nights at ten o'clock, and it would just be mayhem. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, would, uh, you know, they would come. The cleaning staff on Monday mornings would come to the radio station, and there would be, you know, beer bottles and liquor and all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. stuff all over the place. It's amazing that we ever got through the first month of doing that show. That's you know, crazy. That, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I love those guys for uh, kind of hanging with us, but um, uh, you know, uh, you know. You can't make this stuff up. The truth is definitely stranger than fiction, right? Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the thing that's, is, you yeah. know, you know what I found, and and I want to bring this up. I want to, you know, I had an original question I wanted to ask you, but have you noticed that a lot of the bands have really kind of become proactive in regards to? Um, I know Alice did a rock and recovery concert with um, a group that I'm working with right now, Beauty for Ashes, um, with Shane Evans the, from Collective Soul and um, Kelsey right. Hamilton Evans. And I know that they did a concert, and um, I know that a lot of people are into recovery, which I totally am in that. I think it's really mm-hmm. awesome that people are supporting that. And uh, I think it's really important because it's funny. You can see hardcore bands going out there playing, but they're really spreading the message out there 
to people about recovery. Here I go from talking about harvesting to recovery, which is probably going to be mind-blowing to a lot of people out there, but seriously, well, it's, a whole it's like thing. really it, important. It really it's is important. a whole different thing. Okay. Yeah. It well, is. Remember, I mean, you know, Holly, we had Bird on, remember? And he did a whole thing on recovery. He's always doing that. Ricky it's Bird. amazing. Yeah, we just That's did a show amazing. with Ricky over the summer. Um, you know, this thing is what's happening around here. He's great. I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, CFC Foundation around and here, which helps wife. people. Yep. Once, you know, once they get out of recovery, because, you know, a lot of times people get out of rehab and they, you know, they they don't figure it out. I mean, this comp- uh, you know, CFC is an organization that helps people when they get out and gives them a place to talk to. And uh, the su- su- success rate has been off the hook. I mean, there's a major heroin epidemic in my neck of the woods. I think it's number one in the country, really? to be honest with you. Really? That's yeah, sad. I, you know, I've lost a lot of friends and, uh, you know, a lot of the kids around here, you know. I mean, and so, the you know, they're, they're – uh, this thing called Rock the Farm, they just did the second one this mm-hmm. year, and Ricky was a part of it with Carmine. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, people should check it out, the CFC, you know, Google CFC Foundation. But they're actually they're saving a lot of lives. And I mean, look, that's this industry amazing. is extreme. That's such a great message, you know. It is. You know, Do you know Ken Mansfield? The... Do you know Ken no, Mansfield? He's been on my show. And he was the original um, manager of the Beatles and for Capitol Records. And Mm -hmm. he has written a book called Rock and a Heart Place and um, a couple other books. And the latest book he wrote was Rock and a Heart Place. And it's about a lot of rockers that were like old-time now and really pop culture-type bands people. And I know that Shane Evans was in the book, and it was all about recovery. And what got them to where they are and what music and, and oh. where it got them, you know, like, you know, a lot of people talking about it. So he's, like, really pushing it and these recovery concerts. And Ricky and his wife, I adore, they're just mm-hmm. amazing Cal. people. Yeah. 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 I think no, it's I, really I mean, important I mean, that people know that, you know. If you need I, help, I agree with you totally. go get it. I mean, you know, especially as... You know, being a part of this industry, I mean, it, it, you know, it's been resonating forever. And, you know, like even with the passing with Scott Weiland today, you know, it's like, sure you know, you kind of figured out how this, you know, after school special probably was going to end, but you kind of hope for the Ron Howard ending, you know. And you see it happens, mm-hmm. you know, too much, you know. And, and, you know, a lot of kids like, oh, you know, he was, he was you know, the, young, the younger kids that I talked to, because, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, I try to stay connected to a lot of the younger kids. And they're like, oh, well, he was 48. I'm like, let me tell you, you know, 40, the 40s come very quickly. And, you know, I mean, his life is really just 48 is a, young, young to really a lot of young. people. Yeah. Yeah. I see really that you, um, that you interviewed um, and you performed with Cherie Curry. Um, then mm-hmm. did you know? I love her. Did you know, um, okay, besides Cherie, um, there were a couple other people that worked with them, like Kim Fowley. You know, did you know right. Kim? I did. You know I Kira? Did. Not well, Do you but, know, you know Kira? We've conversed. Uh, no, no. I mean, I, you know, I met, uh, well, when I, I met Kim in the, you know, I met Kim at the Limelight in New York back in the mm-hmm. early 90s. And I've spoken to him on the phone. I know I'm really glad that Cherie and Kim were able to kind of, you know, bury the hatchet yep. at the end. You know, I mean, yep. I, you know, I knew Sandy very well. I played, you know, I did a few shows with Cherie and Sandy and, uh, you know, really mm-hmm. said, I mean, she was so young, too. I mean, I can't believe, you know, we were, we were part of that uh, Sandy West benefit that they did out in L.A. But, you know, uh, Cherie, uh, you know, she's great. And um, but, you know, the whole thing, uh, you know, with Kim's passing, it kind of. 
you know, I mean, the guy has done so much, and he's written so many incredible mm-hmm. songs. You know, he, he truly is an icon. Truly well, his, his wife, his wife is a friend of mine, and she manages his, um, you know, his collection and his catalog of music along with Donovan and a couple other people over at Pure Music. And I know oh, that wow. she really, yeah, she really, you know, carries the message on, you know, about what Kim would really want everyone to remember him as. And I know that um, Spence and I are going to be having somebody on that actually did a speech and um, was at the um, funeral for Kim, and and that is Spencer Drumroll. Wait a minute. <laughs> don't know who it is, do you? DeBaris? Oh, Michael. Michael. Michael DeBaris. We're going to have Michael on soon. <laughs> he was a, he's he's pretty fun fun. Yeah, I can't wait to have him on. He's gonna be really fun. We have I've a lot of really Michael. cool he's shows great. coming up. Ask so where Michael can people tune in and find you? Where can um, they find you? I I'm afraid after what you told me before no, I'm just kidding. Um Oh you know, stop I mean, it. No, 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 no. Those people, let me tell you. I sent you the link. Did you get it? No, I didn't get a chance to check it out. I sent it in your messages <laughs> and I've already reported okay. it. Three times. Wow. And I know people no, but, uh, at Facebook, so watch out. <laughs> no, but, I mean, well, you know, the, the You know they're in San Francisco, I mean, right? What's that? You know they're right here. San Francisco, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, busy. Yammer, they're all here. They're all <laughs> they're here. All right there. And we go and, and we do their corporate gigs, so we know, we know, we know. <laughs> and you're the chairman of the board. I'll tell you, radio is oh, yeah, scary, call though, someone. in the sense that, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you know, music is one thing, but I mean, you know, sometimes you get people that, you know, really believe that you talk to them, that you know, you're actually mm-hmm. having one-on-one conversations, and uh, it mm-hmm. gets a little freaky. I mean, I've definitely had some crazy stalker issues over the yep. last couple of years, and they Me always too. pop up around, you know, you know, but it's, but it keeps things interesting. There's no doubt about it. No, no you know what? It. You know, hmm. isn't it funny when people are stalking you and they say that they know you and that you've and they use your name or or they 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 I don't know it's like it's weird it's it weird I had lot, yeah. I had one recently that just hacked a bunch of my stuff but <laughs> not for very, you know they're 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 not it won't happen ever again but um yeah mhm yeah, yeah, you know, that that's the weird thing because, you know, when people actually think that you're talking to them, it's like, you know, I met some guy on a mm-hmm. cruise, he's like, man, what you were saying to me, I'm like, listen, bro, I, I don't know who you are, I've never met you before, but I'm glad that I'm <laughs> resonating something, you know, I mean, like, you know, I think Cobain said it best, you know, he said he'd rather be hated for who he is than loved for who he's not, and that's pretty much, That's a good you know, one. Uh, that's a great Absolutely. one. Absolutely. It's a great one. But, well, so, you know, you never told fun, me. And you guys are really great at it. We love it. We love thank it. You, thank you. Thank you. We thank have. You. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. We we have fun. That's the thing. People don't understand. It's like I told Spencer. Hey, you know, Spencer. I think it's really important when we do our shows. We just, you know, sometimes he does make lists because he likes to have things. I don't. I don't really make a list. I have the materials in front of me. But I go by what I feel because a question pops in my head and I may may it may you know go on to something else. Like for me, it's like I want to know how. Again, we talked about how you got into radio and how it segued into, and I I love it that you're in, going into the movie industry. That's 
That's like so cool, you know. Well, you know, you got to do, I, you know, you're in, that, in that phase where you got to do, uh, you know, a bunch of things. It's not like, you know, I mean, I, I got to experience the tail end of, you know, just being in a band for eight years and doing nothing more mm-hmm. than that. But, you know, the industry changed in a lot of ways for the better, a lot of ways for the worse. But, you know, you got to do more than one thing now. And, you know, with me, if, I, if I'm sitting around for more than 20 minutes, I start climbing the walls. And, you know, I mean, I, I got to constantly stay active or, you know, or I can lead to bad things for me. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, the movie thing is, you know, the movie industry is, you know, a lot of things I never set out to do, it just kind of happened. I mean, you know, I just wanted to play guitar and be in bands. And, you know, fortunately that led me onto a lot of different paths. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about all things coming. To, you know, a lot of great things. We've, you know, plus with the, the label that I started, you know, with my partner uh, back in 97, Sean Mars, I mean, now it mm-hmm. culminated into a whole other thing. I mean, you know, I'm just like now a producer of, for, you know, for some of the bands or my own bands, but, you know, uh, some of the releases we got coming in 2016 on Main Man is like, you know, the new Arl Slick record, uh, the new Punky Meadows record, uh, Daniel Ash from Love and Rockets, uh, She Wants Revenge, you know, uh, um, you know, probably that Artemis film I was telling you about. There's some really yeah. such a great staff. There's such a great staff that's part of Main Man, you know, as I was saying, Jim, you know, who's BB's husband and uh, Billy DeVizio. I love Mark Jim. Regan. He seems like a really good guy. He's you know, the best seems guy. Seems like in the a world. really nice person. Yeah. He's uh, you know, I you know, I, I feel nothing but love for you know, BB and him and you know, all the people, you know, Christopher the Minister's now involved with Main Man. So it kind of, it's kind of funny when you put something together with your buddy and then and the reason how that came together is because me and Sean we were doing this project called Chrome Daddy. And uh, mm-hmm. we had the, the guitar player from Skid Row and the band Scotty Hill, dear friend of ours. It was a very much a throwback to, like, 70s Bowie's, you know. And um, Sean wound up getting the gig in Skid Row. So someone from Caroline had said, hey, why don't you guys go in the studio, record some covers, you know, uh, you know, you guys can make some money doing this and have some fun. They they put us in the studio for a weekend. We recorded a bunch of cover tunes. It came out. We did the whole thing from even, you know, from – from drums to mastering in 48 hours. It was called Mutant Monster Beach Party. And they only gave us a couple thousand bucks to do it. And me and Sean had a studio in Asbury Park at the time called Main Man. And we're like, you know what, why don't we just give them the money back and put it out ourselves? We could probably do better with it. And and that's exactly what we did. And then, you know, then we started having fun doing these tribute records and, like, having, you know, some big names intertwined with some of the great artists, you know, in New Jersey and, you know, the Asbury Park scene. And then then it kind of became a real thing. But, you know, and people always had, you know, a door where they could come in with Main Man if they had ideas. And it was just a lot of – it was a labor of love. And fortunately, it ran itself, you know. If it made a dime, you know, know, if you put out a dime, it made a dime. And and now it's turned into, you know, a whole thing with big distribution and, you know – me just kind of, you know, looking as being one of the creators, but now just kind of letting other people and, and the people that are, you know, doing it are doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, every year it just keeps taking these big steps. And it's pretty ironic that you just never know what's going to happen. You know, it's just kind of like follow what you follow your dreams and have fun and, you know, don't put too much stress on yourself, you know. I'll tell you, no, you know it's I find, like how I, I fun, find right? in life, which is really interesting, is what you're talking about. I'm not sure Holly mm-hmm. knows about it's like the things you least expect come up in your life. It's like when Judith and mm-hmm. I started designing mm-hmm. uh, in music, they turned us on to doing other things like award walls for CBS. And it's really weird. And then all of a sudden I got a film I, and then film. Vinyl, and now I'm interviewed in book. a Paradise Garden film, uh, that Lee Stewart <laughs> film that's won awards already in indie film festivals. And uh, all of a sudden I'm thrown to film. It's like what, what happened in your life? You know, it's kind of like, the things you don't expect, I always tell people that the things you least expect or the things that you think you want are things that you may mm-hmm. not end up with, right? I mean, you right. may not mm-hmm. end up with that. 
right? It's all creative. Exactly. It's all good, though. And, and, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I should be, you know, but sometimes rejection is God's protection, man, you know. That's right. Or, or, totally. You know, or, yeah, you know. Very good point. I mean, you know, yeah. I, you know, you know I, I believe that, you know, whether it's music or sports or whatever it is, you know, everything is larger than the group that it's made out of. You know, if you put like, you know, you look at the Beatles, for example, I mean, the music is, you know, it was just something that was being transcended by the chemistry of those four guys. I mean, it's larger than everybody. And, you know, I'm very, very big uh, believer on, you know, you know, the whole, uh, you know, spiritual end of things, but I don't want to bother, you know. No, go for it. Oh, no, we're into I'm that. Totally Keith, we're into that. You hit it. Please, you oh, hit it right on the head. I'm like, oh, I live my life that way. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, you know, you don't That's know what Karma has no expiration, life. Keith, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt about it. But, you know, Spencer's yeah. always been, uh, you know, Spencer's done my show before, and he's always been a great guest. People have always, like, you know, really, mm-hmm. you know, kind of dove into what you did after, you know, especially, you know, that book that you did, what was it, uh, 500 Greatest 45? 545s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, think about some of the iconic album covers that you were involved with, like, you know, Road to Ruin and Talking Heads. Yeah. And uh, uh, what else did you do, Spence? Oh, my God, Lou Reed. We, uh, he Lou Reed. Rock Bowl Joan and, Jett. Uh, and Joan, Joan Jett. Jett, a lot with Joan Jett and uh, Bon Jovi and you 2 I worked mm-hmm. on Octoon Baby, a lot of classic stuff, you know, goes down the line, Talking Heads and whatever, Pretenders. Well, I was always told by friends that you had the ultimate record collection when you were in college. Is that true? Yeah, okay, I got to wow. tell you the story. Okay, this is the story. Wait a minute. I'm in college. I'm in I want to hear this. Right? Yeah, and we got a, I get a knock on the door. Classic story. A door opens, and I see this guy with really cool shades, and get this, a paper clip for a tie clip. And I said, <laughs> what? To me, yeah, paper clip for a tie clip. And he says to me, I said, are you Spencer Drayton? I said, yeah. I said, well, I hear you're the best rock and roll collector in the dormitory. And then all of a sudden we're trading records, and then I don't see this guy again. And who is it? Al Cooper. Al, oh, no Al way. Cooper. And Al, Al Cooper, Cooper ended up, I, you know, I, I saw him later, years later, and he left. I told him the story. He said, oh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> I remember you. And it's like, but, you know, it's a, uh, that's one of those funny stories. But, you know, I always remember the paper clip for a tie clip. That's, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that could, we could bring that back because that's pretty hot right now. Putting a paper clip I mean, for a tie clip, I think it's hot, you know. You know, we might be starting a trend right here. And, you know, I, I mean, Al Cooper, man, gosh, think about what that guy did, right? You know, right. going down Blue. south and producing all that southern rock that, and, oh. you know, the stuff with Mike Bloomfield. I mean, he, you know, yeah, the Dylan, of course, you know, like a Rolling Stone. I mean, I've met him up at uh, Sirius a few times. He's a really, he's a character, man. He's great. Oh, he's yeah, great. he's a character. He definitely is. I, but, you know, people don't know, like, I think, uh, Keith, tell me if I'm right or wrong. He actually sat in on the Blonde on Blonde, and I hear that he was not, he was unannounced. In other words, he just sat at the keyboards, and Dylan liked what he did, and that's how that thing ended up. It's a classic story. It's like he walked into this thing without even being asked to be in the album, and he sat down at the keyboards, and he started playing, and Dylan went crazy, right? Yeah, he made the final cut. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's his... That's his that's that prominent, uh, you know, that, I, I guess I'll use the buzzword iconic, but, you know, that, that, that sound that really kind of took that whole thing together, brought it all together. If you, you know. listen to Visions of Johanna on Blonde on Blonde, which is a really long, beautiful, melodic song, he's, mm-hmm. you can hear the organ playing on it that he does. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's really incredible. It makes the whole song 
and instrumental-wise, you know, it really connects that whole thing, the feeling. Where, where did you guys go to college? I, w- I went, well, I went to the University of Bridgeport, and I spent a year at Yale, actually post-grad at Yale, and then and then um, I actually had a Yale faculty at Bridgeport. It's like Joseph Albers, the great Joseph. And that's why I got along with, like, David Byrne, because he went to RISD, you know, the same type uh-huh. of design school type training. And then I went to Yale for a year, and then I dropped out and went traveling and Went into New York. You're like me, the world traveler. I know. Yeah, the world traveler. Holly. We're being we're Holly, being interviewed now by me? by the great Keith Roth here. You see how I do it? <laughs> he well, you're going to be our tour guide, Holly. Holly oh no! Listen, no, listen. I traveled. Ask me. I I mean, it's crazy. I went to school in Europe, and I went to school um, on the East Coast too, and um, on the East in Pennsylvania. Okay. And um, also went to some school in New York, but most of my schooling was in Europe. And um, it was really interesting for me because now that I can see how culture crosses over, but basically I modeled when I, you know, most of my life, and that brought me and made me meet a lot of people. Wow. So, you know, through that, you know, I became a writer. I write children's books, and um, I'm in the process of finalizing some children's books, and I'm going to try to do a cookbook with Spencer because he really wants me to because he thinks that I should, oh, yeah, and I think that yeah, he's inspiring me. I do. I have oh, Cooking on FB. That's my it's page, crazy. Cooking on FB, everyone, if you're listening. Cooking on FB is myself and my second mom's page. Um, it's amazing. Um, and it's just, you I mean, know, it's like... For me, it's like music has always been really fun for me because I've been around it pretty much mm-hmm. my whole life because I was involved in arts and entertainment and I took ballet and ever since I was little and being and growing up and going to school in Europe, you know, you're exposed to fencing Everything. and, you know, um, archery and, you know, all the fun stuff that they don't teach too much here in the United States, which is really a bummer because there's a culture, I think, that's missing. But when I came to the U.S., I mean, you know, being in the USA, it's like, you know, the music is really great. And, you know, it's really funny. Germany is so full of, like, you know, um, rock and roll. And especially um, I did some work with Mikey Dredd, which he was working with um, The Clash. And he brought mm-hmm. The Clash to America where – Right. Really, it goes back into the reggae thing where he was the basic reason why reggae came to America and infused reggae in with, um, you know, rock and roll, punk, whatever, like with um, Gwen and with um, The Clash and with, you know, a couple other different bands, UB40, you know. So that was, like, really big for me. So that's really what really turned me on to the music industry was just being around all the people. Right. And... It becomes they all infectious, like, yeah. And yeah, and it's like it's like you hear stories and you want to tell them and you want to tell people what's going on and your experiences along the way and you know, and I've been to so many different places and seen so many different things that I had so many stories to tell that getting into radio was really for me something that I really enjoy doing because I'm a storyteller and my stories are real. And I and I, and I like to tell people what's going on, and I like to hear what's going on in other people's lives, and I want to know how what makes them work, and you know, share things like you mentioned. Al, we we talked about Alice Cooper earlier. Did you know Dick Wagner? Yes, I did know Dick Wagner. 
Dick and, uh, is he, was amazing. I used to talk to Dick when amazing. he was sick. One, he was amazing. I talked to Dick towards the end when he, before he left. His book is great too, by the way. Um, yeah. Not only women bleed, but you know, letting people know, you know, some of those great sessions that he was a part mm-hmm. of. You know, with the you know the Lou Reed band, Rock and Roll Animal, yep. and Kiss and Aerosmith. I mean, incredible. You know, I, I remember he said he was actually in a heavy metal band with uh, Billy Joel, right? He was. Oh my God. Dick <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> And, yeah, that, you know, that, that, that was a sad loss, you know. He, he was is. a super nice guy. Super know. cool, but that was another one that, you know, fell to the... I remember when, uh, you, you were talking about Strummer. I remember, you know, Joe, you yeah. know, of course, has nothing but love for Blondie, but I remember he said he was really upset, you know, he said when, you know, when Blondie put out Rapture, and they had, you know, the Magnificent Seven as far as, like, you know, uh, introducing rap to America. Yeah, was that you know, weird? He felt that... I yeah, he always that. felt that, you know, like, hey, you know, I, I'm not looking to, you know, get patted on the back, but he goes, you know, we did it first, man, you know, and, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, but she she got the credit, but I remember uh, that was something that, you know, one of the few things that bugged Joe. And, you know, think about another loss at such a young age. I mean, that, that, I to me, there was a point when that band was really, and I, I say this, I know it may sound cliche, but they were the only band that mattered in my life for a while. Joe you know. Strummer was amazing, you know. He really was. And, yeah, you know... Was. When you talked about Alice Cooper and Dick Wagner, you know, like I said, Dick, Dick, I was talking to Dick towards the end. And he called me, and you know, they did a, they did a benefit for him with Susan Michelson. Susan Michelson put the benefit together for him, and I know uh, a lot of people, yeah, Susan mm-hmm. Michelson. Do you know Susan? I do, I do. Susan's because, great. Um, and actually, you know, a really dear friend of mine is, uh, you know, speaking of that whole house crew, you know, Dennis Dunaway. I've done a ton yeah. of stuff with him throughout the years. Dennis is an awesome. Mm-hmm. And his wife, Cindy, and uh, Neil, you know, they're great people. They really are, you know. But, yeah, Dick Wagner, like, I mean, he, he's, yeah. He I'm, I'm glad that people, iconic, you know, like that word that you said. But, you know, it's like these people, the people we're talking about are the people that really make what we have now today, and um, I think you as a radio host, I want to I want to pass this by you because Spencer and I have talked about this a couple times, especially if it comes up with his 545 book. I don't know how you're running on time, but do you have a, a little bit longer to talk? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay, good. I extended the show. If you, it's okay That's with good. you, Spencer, you all right? Oh, yeah, no, no, fine. Okay. Good. I want to <laughs> ask you, how do you think – this is really important – because I really feel this way on music, as far as the way that its produ- production is being done now, where you know people are going in and overproducing music, and like the real the real stuff, like you know when we heard like the real old stuff, like Etta James and Aretha Franklin and right. uh, Janis yeah. Joplin no, I- and. I mean, I mean you know, things are done differently now. I mean, you, you know, what mm-hmm. you're hearing up to, uh, you know, before the days of Pro Tools or Cakewalk. I mean, I remember the first time I, I experienced Cakewalk, I was actually in the studio with uh, Derwood Andrews, you know, from Generation X. And uh, he did this track, mm-hmm. and I came out to L.A. to do the session. He hooked me up, and I went in there, and I played a couple things. And then he's like, all right, play the verse, play the chorus. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm ready to roll. And he's like, no, we're done. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I thought I entered the twilight zone. I was like, I seriously was freaked out after that. Like, I thought, like, I, I really transcended to a whole different place. And, you know, and that was the first time I experienced it. And I think that, you know, you know, everything being so perfect and, you know, with, um, 
you know, auto-tuning. That's why there's not many records after that point that, you know, have resonated. I mean, all the records, you know, it's not so much that everybody's, like, stuck in a zone, but it's like there's a reason. The way things are getting mastered now, it's so loud, and, and it's, like, it's like a beating to the ear. I mean, and you listen to stuff, you know, from me, you know, from 92, you know, backwards, and it just sounds so great. So there's a lot, of, you know, there's a lot of dishonest stuff out there, and, uh, you know, it comes through. I mean, you know, like you were I talking mean, about, you know, when Nirvana was when Nirvana hit, Nirvana had mm-hmm. a certain type of production and sound. And what happened was after Nirvana did their thing, everybody was copying them in production, right? I mean, there was, a, right. there was so many the group with that sound. It got really annoying. But I think I, you know, I like I think what Holly and I uh, talk about I think is really I, like Led Zeppelin when they did first and two the first two albums which is really incredible sound. You could, you really liked it. I mean, for me, I, that's my taste. Mm-hmm. I really loved it. it very no, I'm right there with you. And the sound. But then again, I like Basement Tapes by Bob Dylan and all that of uh, really cool. You know, you go back to John Lee Hooker and uh, uh, Howlin' Wolf and those recordings in the studio. That's what I like. Uh, and it's what Holly's talking about. I think the purity, the purity of the sound that comes out for me mm-hmm. is more resonant. Right. So yeah, I a lot of that has been lost, you know, with this, uh, you know, all this technology. You know, I mean, you know, you listen to vinyl. I mean, vinyl sounds so much better than CD. It's not compressed, you know, these yeah. files compressed into this disc. I mean, you know, vinyl, you know, it's it's endless, you know, the analog sound. And, you know, that's why, I mean, hey, there's a lot of bands that are out there that are doing it legitimately. You know, in my neck of the woods, there's so many great bands. You know, I mean, you know, Asbury Park, you know, is is really becoming like quite a scene. And, and the beauty of it is that a lot of these bands are not, you know, they don't sound like the next band. It's like, you know, they're very, there's a tight community and a lot of these, all the groups sound different from each other. And that's what made it special. I mean, you know, you look at CBGBs, you know, Blondie didn't sound like the Ramones. Talking Heads didn't sound like television. I mean, everybody right. was, yeah, it was put under one umbrella, but everybody was doing their own thing. And then it came a point after Nirvana where everybody tried to be carbon copies of them. And they were like, oh, we're reinventing mm-hmm. ourselves. If you, if you have to reinvent yourself, then there was obviously an expiration on what you were doing. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like sometimes, you know, look at Neil Young. He never reinvented himself. You know, sometimes tomatoes go out of season, but they come back in. And it's like, when I hear that, oh, you know, reinventing myself, that's, you know, what you were doing. We have a caller. Oh, we, we have do? a caller. Ooh. We're going to okay. bring him on. Hold on. Let's see who it is. Hold on a second. For a four year on here, who's this? Who's this? This is Shane. Shane Evans. Shane. Shane Evans. What's this is Shane Evans from Collective Soul, man. This is yeah. great. I'm so glad you called in. Cool. Hi, yeah. Shane Evans. Hey, how are you? Hi. Good, man. Good to hear your uh, voice. Keith. Meet Spencer. Hey. I'm so Hi. glad how you're you here. Hey, Keith. Hey, Spencer. <laughs> What's up, hey. man? How are you, brother? Hey, bro. Great. Sitting here so, in Dallas. You do. You got to talk. You got to talk. Keith, do you know okay. much about um, Shane Evans and his work? Well, I know Collective Soul is a kick-ass band that's written many, many great songs. So, I mean, uh, you know, I had the first uh, first two records. I know actually at the station I do the Electric Ballroom out of the Rat. I know they're, uh, they've, uh, you know, they've definitely uh, got behind a lot of their stuff. I know they've been down to visit quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Shane, you're so quiet. Shane's working on a new project. Yeah, um, we're actually um, we're building a a new studio, so we're in the midst of doing that, and that's always. Keith can relate to that one, I'm sure. Oh yeah, (laughs) oh yeah. Lots of wires. A new studio. 
Uh, that's where I'm sitting right now. I'm laying on the floor in mine, staring at the ceiling. Are you? <laughs> So Shane, we were talking we were talking about music and production and stuff like that and about all the different people and I know you've played with a lot of really amazing people too. Um and I know Spencer has seen a lot and I know that Keith has as well. Um what do you think about the music now and the production and all that stuff? We're so glad you called by the way. Yeah, I think um I think music production's definitely changed because you know, you have all this great uh, technology now, like with, with software, that you can just, you can go in, and I mean, it's like the possibilities are endless, you know, with, mm-hmm. especially with the editing side of it. I mean, it's what used to take so long. And when I first started, uh, when me and Ed first started recording, we would record a 16-track, and, we, you know, we had to cut tape. I don't know if you remember all that, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was tedious, man. I mean, just doing a drum track took forever, you know, but now right. you can go in and just, you can edit it really quickly or, or not edit it. I kind of, I like to keep it raw, you know, with, I kind of like a little bit of mistakes in there, just, you know, keeps it real, but, uh, yeah. Well, that was one thing that resonated with your band, you know, too, is because, you know, you can hear, you know, the freshness, you know, it was something that was totally different at a time where it needed that kick. And, you know, that's yeah. why, you know, I think that you guys came right through, you know, the cream rose to the top. So, we were actually you know, one of the first bands to use Pro Tools. Actually, it was really you know, and it was such wow. a it was a it was yeah, it was such a revolutionary uh, software that you know we were constantly on the phone with uh, the Pro Tools people, you know, like saying, okay, we're having problems with this, and they're like, they're these technical guys, you know, that were musicians but also sort of just computer dudes, and so it was it was challenging sometimes trying to translate. Okay, we need to do this. You know, and they're like, uh, well, "What exactly is that?" And they're trying to figure it out from a software perspective. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was a, uh, it was a fun time in music. You know, I remember thinking that, "Wow, this is great. I don't have to cut tape anymore, sweating over a tape machine." You know, with tape and a razor blade. <laughs> yeah. And and also the cost of tape. I mean, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you you know, you got to make sure you know you you you're actually a slave to the tape in ways you know about minutes and all that stuff too, right? Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. The, yeah, I know that the, the tape heads had to be calibrated. There was, there was so much work involved just just on that side of it, you know. Um, but nowadays, with you know the the awesome software that's available, you know Pro Tools and Logic and Cubase, man, I mean the, the possibilities are endless. So, I think from a, a production standpoint, it, you know, it, it gives people a chance who may may think, you know, well, I don't know if I can be a music producer, but, you know, I have this cool software, so I'm going to try it. And then they try it, and magic happens, you know. I hear so much about uh, how this guy did his whole record. Actually, this guy I'm listening to now, his name's Jared James. I just got turned on to a song of his, but I'm amazed because this guy, like, did it all himself, you know, in a bedroom or something somewhere, so... Um, yeah, well, that's definitely the beauty of of the new way, you know, I mean, giving kids up, you know, because if you remember, you know, you had a you know, bunch of kids pull their money together to go recut a you know, demo tape. And, you know, now right. people can go in and, you know, make a whole record or, you know, they're not a slave to money, shall we say, and, you know, and right. a lot, you know, a lot of the lo-fi, you know, lo-fi stuff sounds great. And the kids are finding all kinds of techniques. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, for a while there, people were down on it. But, you know, I think that the future is a lot, you know, really bright. It's, it hasn't felt this bright in a long time of you know, some of the great stuff that's happening. It seems like the industry, I hate to say it, is actually making a turn for the best. Oh, I think so. You know, and, and vinyl's made such a resurgence. It's like, 
vinyl is strong and you know people are always going to want to uh you know hold on to the past to a certain degree i actually was talking to my guitarist the other day because i'm having him come over to cut some guitar tracks tomorrow and he's like man i just want to lay it all the tape and that be it i don't want to edit it i'm like come on dude (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna be there like all day we have to get shane a copy of 545s um spencer yeah, Shane, I did a book called 545s about the history of vinyl, uh, uh, forward by Lenny Kay, as you know, and um, it's a great yeah. book. A lot of famous musicians own it. And Guy Gannon li- Coffee, if you could, yeah. If you could email me your, um, get, uh, Holly has my information, whatever. I'll get it for you, it. yeah. Holly, email me yeah. your uh, information, I'll send you a copy. It's a great book. Okay. Dude, that would be great. That's so cool. But, but uh, we're plenty, to, actually I'm planning to do a movie on vinyl, that's what uh, my... That's the Film exciting partner. thing, Keith. This and is I, so fun. Shane, if you like to be interviewed, I love it. If you want to be interviewed, or Keith, I'd love Dude, to have you. Dude, uh, yeah. Uh, Beauty for Ashes. We we want to we want to uh, put out a vinyl record. Where I mean, Kelsey is so that's my wife, and she's she loves vinyl, and she's really really excited about vinyl's coming back. Is oh, it yeah. Keith? Big time, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, I got two younger kids. I mean, that's all they buy. That's it, you know. If it ain't vinyl, vinyl? Or, are you kidding? That's it. Well, the CD is. Seriously? Like, you know, I mean, I you know, if they want the quick fix, you know, they'll buy the music. You know, there's no pirating or any of that stuff, which is a great thing. Right. But you know, that, that's it. You know, you know, they, they, vinyl. You know, like I said, I think is is totally turned the whole industry around again. I mean, I just wish the prices would come down, you know. As far as <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, you know, you know what the problem is? One of the problems is they don't, they're so backlogged, a lot of these places, because they're short of presses. And what's right. going on now, they're acquiring some new presses, I hear, in different areas of the United States. So that's going to help a lot to produce a lot of the vinyl that's been backlogged, you know, because if you're ordering vinyl, Sean, Shane, do you run into that problem with ordering vinyl at a, you have to schedule it, you know what I'm saying, the schedule. Yes. It can be troublesome, you know, but uh, I know, you know, L.A.'s got, uh, what is it, Amoeba. I mean, that's, there's some great record stores around the country, you know, that mm-hmm. still sell lots of vinyl. Um, we actually have one here in Dallas that my wife discovered recently. And, you know, you just have to you have to get out, and that's kind of the fun part of it. You know, I, I miss that about the old, uh, you know, brick-and-mortar record, record stores. You know, yeah, yeah, I love going to them growing up, like Turtles and Camelot and Tower. I mean, I I really miss going in there just the way they smelled, you know, like it was oh, so everything. cool. As soon as you cracked that plastic, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. right here. In I Hector, remember which, too, you know, that. You yeah. The smell, you know, Amoeba is great. This I mean, right here we got a vintage vinyl, which is definitely, you know, like Amoeba, one of the you know best record stores in the country, if not more. Right. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, the, all the things that would happen from going to a record store, you know, you'd meet girls, you'd discover new music. It was like a hang. It was like, you know, it was a whole I actually met a, a girlfriend thing. at a record store. We bought the Nevermind See? album at the same time, and it was, I was in a relationship. <laughs> you know, so you never know. You, you know, I ended up in a relationship with a girl for like five years. For buying, wow. We were both buying the same album at the same time, and we were like, hey, what's your name? You know? You never know what's going to happen. (laughs) 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 Hey, Spencer, I'll meet you at the record store. (laughs) (laughs) Record store, man. Candy store hang, right, Shane? The candy store hang. That's right. That's right. Hey, listen. I mean, it has everything I love music, you know? Does everybody remember when Tower Records just recently, I, I don't know if they're still open, but they opened on Sunset for like a day or a night or whatever. 
kidding. What? They really? did. Well? They did. They wow. reopened Tower Records for a night. It was amazing. Really? I remember. I remember wow. doing in-store performances with Cheryl Crow and um, a couple other different people at um, Tower Records, and that's what we need now. Is we need more yes. in-store performances, don't you think? Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, well, that's the that's other what, thing, yeah. you know, I was talking about vintage vinyl. I mean, they always got, you know, great performance. You know, Queens of the Stone Age played their cheap trick. I mean, yep. you know, I mean, you know, I brought the oh, dolls yeah. there once. I mean, that, that's the beauty of, uh, you know, I mean, there should be one of those in every every town because it's, it should you know. Be. Well, we you know, in Williamsburg, Williamsburg, the record in Williamsburg, there's a store in Williamsburg that has a, it's a record company, I can't remember the name, in England, and they have a record store in Williamsburg, and, like, Blondie played there, and oh, Joseph wait, Arthur I know, played I know. there. I'm you know. thinking. Oh, wait a minute. You know, you said you're in Dallas. I, I remember, you know, I was just talking before about Dennis Dunaway. He said he was doing a, a book signing there, and then Alice showed mm-hmm. up, and Michael Bruce and Neil, and they wound up doing a wow. Alice Cooper Group reunion in Dallas, like, about really? a month ago. Oh, yeah. my oh, God. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dennis was doing Dallas a book signing, and they all Cooper showed up. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And uh, he came into town, you know, and they wound up, you know, the original band, you know, the surviving members minus Glenn, they went up there and they, uh, they did a whole set, you know, to like a hundred people. That's amazing. You know, See, they, um, you know, now together, you know? we're a lot of bands doing in-store performances now. They're doing them at music stores, right, Keith? I mean, they did, uh, Guitar Center. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, right. Sport, like <laughs> I said, you know, you're right, Holly. Yeah. You know, Vintage Vinyl right here, I mean, they always have, uh, you know, that, that place is, you know, here we go again with the buzzword iconic, but it's been there since I was a kid. You know, I think it opened in like 79. It's still there. It's still thriving. And, you know, I mean, and a lot of the artists don't forget, you know, what Rob and that crew has done. So, you know, they really support it. People support that store. And I just wish there was a lot more of them, but, I, you know, I'm glad that that place is still there. But they, you know, if you ever hit their uh, website, you'd be amazed some of the artists they have playing there. It's incredible. Oh, I'm going to check it out for sure, man. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I want to ask you, Shane. Like, um, since I'm living in Santa Monica, have you now, have man. you ever heard any of <laughs> Keith's music before? I'm, it's I'm sure amazing. I have, actually, uh, you know, I opened Thank up. Thank you so much, Holly. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh no, it's really fun. It's really fun stuff. And um, Keith was telling us about his band, Bad Biscuit, that he originally was in was an influential punky hard rock band, and. Um, oh, cool. He does a lot of radio stuff, and um, we are just, like, so excited that we were able to play one of the tunes off of the Frankenstein 3000 number one smash. I wanted to ask you, Keith, where can people get that CD if they want to get it? I mean, anywhere. You know, I mean, it's, uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, Amazon, you know, iTunes, you know, Best Buy. You know, t- I mean, you know, like I said, you know, we were lucky enough to have, you know, we have a, a, a cult, a small cult of people that buy everything we do. And, you know, I mean, we're blessed in the sense that we get to make a record every year. And, uh, you know, oh, I couldn't be any happier about that, you know. But um, awesome. And so, you know, looking forward to, you know, just keep making music. And as you know, Shane, right, you know, you do it for yourself. That's the most important thing. You know, people you That's right. To, you know, if you do it for yourself, you really have no one else to please but yourself. So, hey, listen, I got to say something. Yeah. I got to say something, Keith. Yeah. You have a cut called "Shake It, Mama" that Holly mentioned before. It's incredible. Uh-huh. Cut. Oh, thanks. It is. Yeah. Should we close? Should we know. close with that one today? Yes. You know, yeah. I'm good with that. We'll <laughs> close with that <laughs> one today. But we're not ready to get it. off the air yet, are we? Ah, we're not ready. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. We're no, not no, ready to get I'm, off. I'm, we want to keep talking. And, and, and and Friday, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> 
I want to go meet Spencer in the in the in the radio. No, I want to meet Spencer in the vinyl section. <laughs> we should we should all we should all meet there every year on this day. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Shane. Uh, the same day. We should really? all all of us and Kelsey right. bring Kelsey that. too. Yeah. Kelsey and we'll go and meet in the vinyl section. We'll be the collective four. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> the collective five. Shane, when is your next album coming out? Question. Um, we're actually we're in the process of we actually recorded it last year, but we're going in and um since we have a new lineup of band members, uh we're going in and just we're recutting the guitars and basses and so that's what we're working on right now and uh I'm also as we're recording, you know, I'm mixing, so there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, He's tired. So as soon as we can get that voice. ready, I mean, <laughs> I wish I could say, I wish I could give you a date, but I'm just going to say, like, as soon as we get that thing ready, man, and we, me and Kelsey have been working night and day to get it ready. So He's a southern um, boy. <laughs> that's right. He's so, a well, I, I got to get him on my show for when that record comes out as well. Oh, you, you know what? You have me to. Out, I'm going to tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Uh, but when I, I want to hear that. I was, I was working with Joan Jett, and I had to go down the power station, and who's sitting there with Bruce Springsteen and Clarence Clemens, you know, all alone. I love Clarence. Right, but you know what they were doing, The River? That album took a really long time to make, and I was thinking, my God, you know, uh, musicians really, I mean, when you have that whole thing, uh, people have to understand it's like doing a painting, right? You have to finish mm-hmm. the painting and do it. And Serac right. took two to three years, you know. And that's how long mm-hmm. it took a Springsteen to finish The River. Really, I always remember that in my mind, how long it took for him to do that album. Well, like Yeah, I want to hear man. from Keith and I want to hear from Shane yeah. about doing that. How long does it take, yeah. Keith, with you? First, let's start with you, with your albums that you do and your music. How long does it Really, well, we take do you. Uh, you know, the last couple records. You know, we record everything, you know, in my studio, and then uh, we take it over our buddy Bob, who's uh, has the Freak Shop Studios. Uh, you know, he's the drummer and you know Monster Magnet. He's an incredible musician, besides you know just being a drummer, great producer, mm-hmm. great engineer. And so, I mean, you know, usually, uh, you know, from soup to nuts, if we work every day, you know, about three weeks to a month. Wow. Three uh, weeks to a month? Oh, wow. my gosh. Ooh, that's best. Dude, yeah. that's like a Ramon well, we <laughs> we got to pay, pay Bob, so we're also very thrifty, too. We work quick, <laughs> and we work late at night. <laughs> right. Wow. Shane, that's really Shane cool. Shane works late at night. What about you, Shane? Now, for, like, when we did the, when we did the Seesaw records, you know, we – we would go, I mean, we would do pre-production and try to work mm-hmm. out all the songs, only to get in the studio and, you know, change everything up. But it's just a process, you know, like when when you get guys in a band and, and everybody's, you know, as the band matures, everybody starts to sort of venture off and do different things. And, you know, just, just getting everybody in one room can be challenging. But, hey, that's why I was like, you know, I'm so glad I'm married to – lead singer because you know, I have her here like if I need a vocal track she can do it nothing like I mean, a living a living talent huh yeah we, we have our studio in our spare bedroom so we uh you know I've got like uh I've, I record guitar tracks in the closet you know and I mic everything uh, up in there he's a closet the guitar tracker good, like, uh, sound absorption <laughs> 
Do you, do you, oh, run, you gotta put uh, your, uh, Shane, do you run into obstacles there, doing an album? Like, I, I saw the doc on U2, and I worked with them on Octung Baby, and I noticed that when I saw the doc, they, most of that album, they had a lot of problems. They couldn't get it together. It's like most of the yeah. film is like, they, and all of a sudden, it comes out to be the, one of the greatest albums they ever did. Do you ever have a, I agree. Do you ever run into I agree. situation? Yeah. Um, you know, I think there was there a story with Octung Baby that the album like leaked out or something, and they had to re-record it. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, that, I think you're right. I remember hearing something like that. Something that, that crazy the like that. got stolen from the studio, yeah. right? And yeah, were, right. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. Wow. Yeah, that's that's. But, but I agree with Spencer. <laughs> I think that might be there as you know. I think that's personally my favorite record by those guys. Oh, for I just sure. think that's. Just I remember uh, you know hearing that in the deserts of Cave Creek, Arizona, and a friend of mine was living out there. We were up on a mountain, and it was just so surreal. And he's like, "Hey, uh, he had an advance of the U2 record, and it was just like, you know, one of those moments, man. Like, wow, you know, yeah. right you just couldn't yeah, believe man. what you were hearing." Well, one still one of my favorite songs of all time. I mean, that song is amazing. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Josh uh, amazing. I had to say amazing. Everyone said amazing. I had to say amazing too. Amazing. <laughs> if anybody else wants to call in and you missed the beginning of this show, it is will be available on iTunes and afterwards on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And our number is three four seven six seven seven one zero three six. If you'd like to call in and talk to either myself, Keith Roth, our guest, or talk to Shane Evans. Or myself. <laughs> you want to or talk myself. to the viewers? Call. Also. You can talk Holly, to Spencer what, what if you want. Uh, yeah, Spencer's <laughs> great. I, no, say, Holly, what, what's the longest show you've done? Like you and Spencer. What, two what, hours. We always do two-hour shows. Yeah, two hours. We get people like you that just love to talk and are fun, and then we get a lot I love of guests listening that to you call guys. in. We love. I, I, no, I, I, we I, love doing our show. You know what somebody told me? Spencer and I and and I told Spencer this and he laughed. Someone told me Spencer and I should do a morning show for people that are driving to work. Oh, I fun. love that. Yeah, right. That's right. I remember that. Wow. Can I be your weather guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's Holly and Spencer. What? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Spencer. Are you in the vinyl Good morning, aisle? Holly. What what <laughs> albums are you looking at right now? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what they had on the morning shows? They used to have, in the, I mean, I go way what? back because I'm older. They used to have ha- what you ate in the morning, like on the show. What are you having? Like, what food are you oh, eating? Oh, yeah. Like, what are you eating? Ooh, what are you eating? That would Who'd be a good that, one. Holly? love that, <laughs> I'm assuming you're Keith, what'd right? you eat? Keith, what would you eat today? What did you eat today? Uh, I had, a protein, <laughs> I had a, a protein bar and some of the stuff that you're smelling out in California. Yeah, a protein oh, bar, that's it. What about uh, you, Shane? Stay away from celery. No. That's it. I got I got the heads right. up on that. We go. Shane, what did you have? What have I had to eat? I had some uh let's see. <laughs> I had some blackened chicken for lunch with some broccoli. Uh, eating so healthy. Are you killing is that it? healthy? I don't know. Yeah. I actually had sweet potato fries with it too, so I had to like Throw some sort of semi-healthy stuff in there. Awesome. Uh, but I did have a sweet tea because that's a southern thing. Right? Got to have a sweet tea, you know. We should do a hey, Sean, uh, Shane, well, have you? Well, we have you on. What were some of the musicians you looked up to in your in your life? Some of the yeah. groups or musicians that you looked up to. Oh wow! Yeah, like um, 
Well, I would have to say, you know, that we were talking about you two earlier. I, I really thought it was cool how, you know, those guys, especially Bono's, used his platform to do like a lot of great things. So I, I really looked up to him, um, Angus Young, just because you know he oh, always that. had a lot of snot on his guitar strap. And yeah, I was like, wow, he's anybody on Crystal Meth, he's great. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> No, but Stuart Copeland, he's you know, he's one of my favorite drummers, you know, Buddy Rich, amazing drummer. Um Wow, cool. So yeah, it was mostly drummers because I was a drummer guy, but Right. You know, I loved uh Lindsey Buckingham. I thought he was a great guitarist. Lindsey's um, amazing. Yeah. The most underrated I mean, musician on the planet. That's oh my true. goodness. He's Very probably true. the best finger player I've ever heard, but uh, I agree with you. Unreal. Yeah, talking yeah, about those records. Okay, you know what I got in the mail today? I get an album from Leslie West with an autographed picture that I didn't even ask for from Leslie West. I didn't now, get it yet. There, wait a minute. I got to tell you this. He's an underrated. I got my guitarist. Beatles book you know today, that? though. Right, but listen, he's an <laughs> underrated guitarist. What we're talking about, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He's oh yeah, very underrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I wanted to do our show. He, he used to come down and and just you know plug in and, and just play. I mean, it'll, you know, make the hair stand up on your arms. I mean, he, and, and, you know, he doesn't use a pinky, Spence. He doesn't use really? a pinky. It's all, it's all about two what? fingers with Leslie, man. I didn't he realize. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, he's like, I don't use the pinky, man. He's just incredible. Incredible. I'm, I mean, I'm going to bring oh. up a friend of Spencer's and mine that recently, oh God, all these icons are going to the next place. Ah, Bernard Stolman, one of Spencer's first jobs, um, ESP Disc Records. Um, Bernard, he has unreleased Jimi Hendrix material, Janis Joplin material. Um, God, he's <laughs> amazing. Amazing man. You know, amazing. Oh no, Le- you can't. Le- Le- he- but he's got, you're right, he's got an archive. This guy. Yeah, I've heard him. Oh. He sent me some stuff, but I can't yeah, no. share it, you know. It's no, like, no. Uh, I remember him telling me, oh, I just talked to Janice's family, and I'm going to send them some of the his, of her old stuff that I've got, you know. And unfortunately, Bernard went to the next place this year, and we're going to, we, mm-hmm. he was a great guy. He He worked with what? Were some of those bands that you worked with? Well, he had he. he uh, I worked. That was my first job. But he had the Fugs, which were notorious. The yeah. Fugs who opened up for the Velvet, and he had. Um, I mean, uh, Holy Model Rounders and Peter Stanfall, and um, he had really wild albums. And he also had the, the greatest first jazz albums of like Pharaoh Sanders, Ornette Coleman, Pharaoh. It goes down. Uh, it goes down the line. Uh, Albert Eiler, very famous jazz musician's first albums, mm-hmm. and and he wow. also handled Otis Blackwell, who who wrote for Elvis Presley, and yeah. uh, and he was involved with the Jimi Hendrix estate, which Holly knows, and all that stuff. So he had a he was a he was like a music lawyer, record company owner, but a very historic uh, icon. And my and was, favorite female artist, Spencer. Who was that? Your favorite that he did the box female. set wow. on. That he did the box set on. That our friend did our. Um, oh, Billy Holiday. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. He did a lot of her stuff. That's right. And Lester Young, also the famous mm-hmm. Lester Young, and uh, he had a yeah, he had a, a amazing laundry list of great artists. And um, this was a wonderful guy. And uh, you know who used to call me up? Lester Bangs used to call me up at ESP. <laughs> used to call me Lester <laughs> Bangs. Bang. Used to call you, wow. Spence, what's going on, man? What's happening at, at ESP Disc, man? 
and Lester Bangs, you know. Wow. I, I heard they're uh, actually doing a, a film on Cream magazine. I heard Cream's, come, uh, Cream's coming to the big really? screen uh, 2016. Yeah, a guy, Scott Crawford, who did a unbelievable documentary on the Washington punk scene called Salad Days. Uh, wow. you know, he was like this little kid that hung out on the scene back then, and he was friends with, like, Dave Grohl back when he was a kid. But uh, right. I heard that he's going to be directing the uh, Cream documentary that's coming out next year. That is awesome. I didn't even know about that. That's cool. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I want to. I want to ask. I want to ask Shane. Shane, you know, you're like mm-hmm. around a lot of that Seattle rock type stuff that you've been around. You've been around it, especially with Collective Soul. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think about that? Did you Did you get to meet Kurt and everything? And I want to ask you the same thing, Keith. You know, you I've never. I, I didn't get to meet Kurt, but I did. I have met Dave, um, and he's a super, super sweet guy. I just awesome um but I, ne- I didn't i never got to meet kurt you know he it, the year that uh we had our first single break was the year that, that kurt passed so right uh, wow. Wow. you know i saw those guys you know play on the in utero tour but uh yeah i never got to meet kurt you know he seems like what about uh, you, Keith? seems like a guy though that i would probably get along with just sort of quiet and, yeah you yeah. know yeah, a lot yeah. of guys like that, you know, if you just sit down and sort of engage them, it's like they open up. Hey. I mean, I, I, I met Chris Novoselic at the, uh, hall, when they got inducted into the Hall of Fame. I mean, I saw Nirvana um, actually the Friday after the Nevermind record came out at City Gardens in Trenton. And, uh-huh. you know, we were talking before about BB's husband, Jim. He was in a band called Das Damen that actually opened oh. for Nirvana that night. And he, he did a bunch Jeez. of dates with him. Jim knew Kurt really well. And, he just said Kurt was just a great, down-to-earth, cool cat, and uh, you know, I never had the honors, but you know, you know, they made rock and roll exciting again at that point, and uh, you know, oh for sure. You know, hey, Shane, I mean, Shane, did you know Mud, Mud Honey? Oh, it, Mud Walk Honey, on. man, love that band. Yeah, yeah. they're friends Screaming of mine. Trees. Friends of mine. They gave they gave uh, forty-five sleeves to my book. They're very good friends of mine. Mud Honey. There's two oh, of them. Awesome, man. Yeah. And Mark Arm, yeah. man, that guy, you know, he runs, uh, you know, Sub Pop Records when he's not on tour, man. He's in the, you know, the stock group. Oh, yeah, Mark Arm. That's how he gave me uh, 45 sleeves, uh, We Mark had Arm. Sub Pop on our show, Keith. Oh, that yeah? was a fun show, yeah. Had, yeah. Uh, I could imagine. Bruce Pavitt, cool. uh, Holly, Bruce Pavitt. Yeah, Bruce Pavitt. We, Bruce had, Pavitt. we had the guy that traveled all over the world that did the, um, yeah. that was his that label. Did the, he did a um, uh, blog and he was talking about all the different places that he visited around the world and all the people that ran out with their vinyl, and they, like, right. cherished their vinyl. They put it up, like, on altars, these people that had vinyl, and they, like, had obscure pieces of, of rec- records and recordings that nobody had seen. And Spencer got a hold of a lot of it and put it in his cool book that? that we're going to get Shane you a copy of. Keith, do you have a copy of it? Awesome. I love one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you'd love it, Shane. It's great. Yeah, Shane, I mean, I know that Sub Pop actually has a, a record store at the airport in Seattle. Take so you. I heard, I heard about it. <laughs> wow. What's it like? Yeah. You go to the record <laughs> yeah. store, and there's—I mean, you go to the airport, and there's a whole Sub Pop store there with you know, vinyl and T-shirts. <laughs> could you imagine? Wait a minute. I love there's a meeting place. You could go to the airport and hook up. So cool. You can hook up with someone that's flying to uh, Amsterdam or um, or Spain or something in the yeah. in the record store for an hour and talk yeah. about music. 
Way <laughs> cool. Way cool. That's a good. That's you a know good what I love? For everybody. You know what I loved about the record stores and the vinyl stores was you could go in and you could listen to the vinyl on your headphones, like samples right. of it, right? Right. Yep. That's right. Oh man, that's great. Oh, that sucks. Kind of reminds me of the library, you know. Yeah, yeah, I have exactly. I have a I have a record player. I have one of those old uh, Victrola things that you can really? just put forty fives in. Wind it up. Yeah, you can you can put whatever you want in it. Unbelievable! Ooh. Wow, that's and, great. And um, unfortunately, it was full of well, not unfortunately, it was full of Elvis when I first got it. A bunch of Elvis. Now I got. It's now got a lot of different things in it, so it's uh, different. You know, you, know, you were it's talking about eclectic. vinyl, but you know, it's, you know it's rearing its ugly head again, which is something, you know, I was glad that it was gone. What? It seems like it's, it's cassettes. Oh, oh my yeah. God, cassettes. Yeah. Yeah. I, still have them. I still have cassettes. I still have, I have yeah, cassettes. Yeah, I, have eight, I have eight tracks, too. Really? Eight tracks wow. are great. Whoa. Oh my God! There's nothing like when a song ends and then it fades down and then it skips to the next track and then fades back up. The, that was, mm-hmm. My first car was like a '77 Velari station wagon, and there was a flea yeah. market that used to sell eight tracks for like ten cents a piece. And I think I was the only person that ever shopped in there. But uh, eight tracks were fun. You have to get the matchbook to kind of like, you know, align the eight tracks so it plays right. That was that right. was fun though. I, I have. Oh, you know what I have? I have came like out the... on track. You I guys are all funny. Play. You're so excited about about cassettral, <laughs> like cassette land. <laughs> I got it. Wait a minute. I have a cassette player, uh, Keith. I have a cassette player. You hook up with Bose speakers. I still got the Bose speakers. What? You plug, you plug, Kali. Uh, you plug it into the cassette player. Like it could be a cheap cassette player, but I and you hook up these amazing Bose speakers, and the sound is unbelievable. You know what I mean? Oh, if you get the right awesome. cassette, right? What? No, if you get the right cassette, you know, a lot of those would warp and you start hearing a... Yeah. You know, what, you know what cassette I have is I remember I waited five... Remember the song by Sweet, Fox on the Run? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I no remember I, I wanted to hear it so bad that, uh, you know, I used to listen wow. to, like, uh, what was it, Ron Lundy on AM radio? Oh, yeah, Ron and Lundy, right. Remember, and I'm sitting there with this portable cassette player waiting for it to come on, and finally, finally after hours it comes on, I hit record and play, and I got the, you know, when my father starts banging on the door, shut that shit off! So I have the cassette, I have the cassette of me taping it, you know, by the AM radio with my father screaming, shut that shit off in the background. Oh, my God. Yeah, if you've got a good cassette player, hold on to it, man. Yeah, you're right, Shane, you're right, man. I mean, Shane, so do you have do you have a cassette player one. in your house? Do I have one? Yeah. I mean, no, I had to. I actually had to <laughs> rent one, and every audio house around town, none of them, nobody had one. But this one place did. Oh my god! And so yeah, I was like, I mean, I was trying to buy one off of eBay, and it was like seven hundred dollars for a really like a Tascam MK3. Player? No well, way. Spencer, we have to send Shane a cassette player. <laughs> you guys have a st- you guys have oh, an inventory of them? Keith, Keith, we have to find Shane a cassette <laughs> player. And Shane, you've got to be on Keith's show. Yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking around now God. for a cassette player I could send Shane. I have an yeah. old audio logic right here I could send you, Shane. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that'd be great. I had to. All my cassettes. We're wheeling and dealing on the air. I love it. I love it. This is 
This is Red Velvet Media Indie Cafe eBay. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 as we were talking before, stranger things have happened. Wait. Yeah. Right? What do we have to trade? Let's play some card games or something here. Let's do it. <laughs> oh. What Seriously. <laughs> Keith, you didn't know what you were in for, did you? No, but I'm. You, you know, I'll be honest. I've been up for two days straight, and this is great. And not, you know, just by uh, from, uh, you know, my yeah. crazy schedule. So when I first yeah. got on, I was kind of waking Isn't up. Now I'm like fun? ready to roll. I mean, we we could oh do this all God, night. Oh my God, no! And it's, it's Friday. Good. It's, it's Friday. Friday, and I want to tell Back everyone: do not drink and drive on Friday, please, or any day. Or it's any Friday. day, absolutely. Yeah, That's right. right. I'm in wine country. We have weekend warriors here that like to go to the wine wine tasting rooms and then drive. But guess what? You probably shouldn't even drink before you drive, there. right? What? what? I had somebody tell me, well, I'm not going to drink and drive, but I may drink before I drive. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, listen. I know someone that drives, and what they do is they go, I swear to God, listen to this. They go into 7-Eleven, they buy a big gulp cup, and they pour a bottle of champagne in the going. cup and drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I oh, swear. I said, oh, okay, <laughs> you need to go to a, a meeting or something, okay? Right. <laughs> like, What's that? What's that new. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, swear I was like, where's that meeting? I'm trying to think at 6 o'clock. I don't know what meetings at 6 o'clock. I know. I love this. I love it. You know, I, I don't it. want to make fun of that because meetings are really important, I think, to a lot of people. Yeah, um, I mean, I know oh, it sure. saved a lot of my friends' lives. So yeah. we yeah. want to lighten us up. So wait, so you have a cassette player you could send Shane. I am going to hook Shane up with you, Keith. Yeah, it's an old, cool. uh, I mean, it's a really small boombox, uh, Audio Logic. I'm looking at it right now. Wow. Oh, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about, man. Yeah, this thing's been probably sitting, I'm in the studio now in the back room, and it's like up on a shelf. I don't think, I'm actually, <laughs> here, I'm touching it right now. I think that's the first time it's been touched. I want a cassette player. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you oh my God. I have a really important project that I'm working on where I need one. So, Spencer, uh, I want a vinyl, yeah. I, want a, I want a record player is what I want. I want a turntable. I want a new turntable. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> Big time. They're easily accessible. I do. Now. I need one. Badly. You sell at Target now. You could buy you could buy a record player at Target. <laughs> do they have flowers on them? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Hello Kitty. <laughs> they have little pink flowers painted on them or cupcakes. Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Barbie have a record player or something? There's a Barbie record player, yeah, like Barbie's pink yeah. Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> the Barbie car. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. You get a smart It's car, Christmas right? season. Oh, wait. I'm going to go down the list here. This is my fun now, okay? Everybody, be quiet. I want to ask Keith, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> what do you want um, Santa to bring you? Legal. That's- what do you want? <laughs> Something legal. What do you want Santa to bring you for Christmas? Uh, 48 hours in a sanitarium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, you know what's kind of crazy is I, I, I'm good. What do you want? I, I don't know. Are you serious? You really want to go 48 hours in a sanitarium? This is your no, 48 hours right here. No, okay. this is great. Um, I can't think of anything, I, you know, that I 
want? I mean, come on, let me, let me something get, fun. Uh, uh, and everyone line, listening, make sure you send this to Keith Roth, okay? You can. <laughs> you, you can he's on. He's on Facebook. Make sure you call you you hit him up and ask for his address and mail him his Christmas wish list. What's on yes, your Christmas wish list? What do you want? I want to pair a Star Wars sock. Star Wars sock. I know well, what I want. That's a good idea. I want a saber. I want an electric oh, saber. saber. Wow. Oh, I, I want know. a saber. Like, can I? I said like kill. Uh, kill. What is it? Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Hey, listen. David Carradine was my client, so don't go there. I I sleep with oh, doors yeah. in my Boy. head. I'm serious. Oh, well, I know what that? I want for Christmas now. I I, I want a what? VW bus. I want a VW bus. <laughs> what color? And I, I'm, I'm um I want the uh, the powder blue one or the sky blue one with the uh, the 21 Ooh, window one. Nice. That would be that would be the best Christmas ever. Wouldn't wow. it? Oh, that's awesome. My girlfriend Tracy Stern and um, Spencer knows her. She has one. She calls it the Orange Crush. She bought one an orange one, and she just bought a house wow. in Joshua Tree that she rents out. And she bought a VW bus, it's orange. So they're we're going to send you. The West Coast, I mean, they're impossible. We're going mean, to get you, know, you one. I am so psyched. That would <laughs> Powder be the best blue. Ever. It could be any color, okay. but that would be the preference. That All right. Got to have an eight track. It, it, it could <laughs> have an eight track. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, Spencer, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, what do you want Santa to bring you? I think I want a laptop computer that Apple's supposed to send me. <laughs> no, you don't want a laptop. You want an iMac. You want an iMac. iMac. That's what I want. Okay, an Spencer and I have a, a running a running um, list here. We're promised um, from my friend at Apple new Mac. So, and it's been a Ooh. year. So we're waiting. Oh. It better come. We're waiting. Or else we're going to send Rudolph after you. Okay. I want there a new you go. Mac. I want a new Mac. <laughs> I know. Wait a minute. Please. Wait a minute. We love Apple. So Spencer love wants Apple, an right? iMac. Keith oh, yeah. wants a, Keith wants a VW bus. Shane, what do you want? Oh wait, and Keith wants powder blue or what other color? Uh, any color is great. Powder blue is the oh. uh, main preference. Ooh, what you know, the light yellow, marine, vintage Shane yellow, be pretty. Oh With yeah, with a cassette player. Cassette player. And uh, seriously, some some really cool Star Wars socks, like you know, with, uh, Chewbacca or. All right. Who yeah, could do I a like, good Chewbacca? You know, Chewy, I heard you could do like a, good, a really good Chewbacca. Go for it. <laughs> Come on, and we won't tell who's doing it. <laughs> Chewbacca impression. Yeah. Oh man. I wish I could do Go. One. When does the movie come out? I mean, it's been like, you know, the talk of the My birthday, December 18th, it comes out on my birthday, okay? All right. There I'm we a go. fellow Sag, and so is Keith. So, Keith, That's you right. and I rock. Okay, Chewbacca, are go the for it. Chewy. Are you on, uh, who's doing Chewy? I want to hear Chewbacca. Who's doing Chewy? Am I supposed to do Chewy? No, whoever does the best Chewbacca in Prussian, go for it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was Chewbacca. I, I personally don't even know what he's. It's been so yeah. long, I don't. I can't even. Oh remember. my even God! I can't is. believe you're not doing Chewbacca. Shane did it. Shane did it. Just did it. <laughs> 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 oh, that was. <laughs> 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 hey. 
Hey, it sounds like him. I love it. Hey, it's a stone Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca live. <laughs> it's been a okay. lot of fun, I'll tell you. Though. This has been great. It really has. I want a lightsaber. Does anybody care what I want? Oh, I got one. I got, yeah, absolutely. Holly, what do you want? Holly, oh, you'll get it. Don't worry. You'll I want a, a pink a pink lightsaber. Ooh. Okay? Wow. Sweet. <laughs> and I'm on the light side. I had to choose light or dark because they made me choose. I have a friend that had a, a Star Wars party, and there is actually a, a battalion of the um, guys, the the bad guys. I don't for, I forgot what they're called, but the brigade. They dress up and they go and they do all these really cool nonprofit things in the hospital. But each city around the world has chapters of these guys that get co- they get in these real costumes, the real the real ones. And I want a lightsaber, and I'm Princess Leia, reborn. Okay. <laughs> and and Luke. Anybody and Luke listening is my out brother. there, you got to make that happen. You know, Luke I'm gonna is my brother. Luke is my a brother, and Darth Vader is my father. <laughs> Ah. Well, we know we know where you're going to be December 18th. Yeah. I am going I'm to be, be at the movies. You know that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like sold out, right? Where I'll we, be. How do you but think the movie is, Holly? They're going to be more expensive amazing, than going to the Amazing. Amazing. Did you see the trailer on it? Have you seen the trailer? I've seen the trailers, it? and I've even seen the trailers that are not released here in the United States, wow. guys. They are amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Seems like they went yeah, so, to be you know, like, Star Wars rocks. I have to tell everyone I saw Hunger Games. How many people went and saw Hunger Games? I know you did, Shane. Yeah, I saw it. I, I saw Hunger I fell Games. Asleep, I admit. I you thought did? it you was like amazing. It? I liked it a lot. I thought it was. Bad. I loved it. Yeah. The Mockingjay rocks. The Mockingjay rocks. It wasn't rocks, sweet okay? how it ended, and they were all in the pasture, like. I loved it that they had the baby. Oh, God, I just ruined it for everybody. Oh, no. No. You didn't ruin anything. People are, if you haven't seen it yet, then you're not a really hardcore Mockingjay fan. Oh, wait a minute. There's a new one? Yeah, it's the second half. Oh, my God. Don't you remember when PETA got, don't you remember when PETA got kidnapped by Snow in the the, um, Imperial um, City? And she has to go rescue him? Because he was you know, I think I'm right there with Shane. I, I, I watched the first one, and then I, I think I fell asleep through the Read second the one. And I wasn't even aware. You gotta see it. You gotta see it. I want to. I want right. to tell everyone yeah, today that we've had so much fun in the air, and I'm so happy that Keith is, rolled with the punches, and Shane that you're here, and that Spencer's here, and that I'm here, and. It is kind of a bittersweet day. I <clears throat> yeah. miss Scott a lot, yeah. and I think it's yeah. really sad. And we do want to acknowledge that, but we want to also let everyone know that um, spirit lives on, and and we are in the now, and um, we're co-creating here. We're making something beautiful happen from something that's kind of really sad, but we're trying to make it really a happy day. But what an amazing legacy of music, right? I mean, he left yeah, behind amazing. A, right. an amazing no I mean, legacy you know, of music. They're going to be listening to that stuff long after all of us are gone, you know, hundreds of years. You knew Scott, didn't you? Just, yeah. Didn't you know Scott, Shane? 
actually, yeah, we were on the same record label, so you know, we we were at a few events together, and he's he's wow. a really sweet guy, man. Just you know, like he definitely had that that rock star persona, but he didn't like relish in it. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it just seemed natural for him. I mean, he really, uh, I don't know. He, he just uh, he carried himself really well, and um, I actually I actually know Brendan O'Brien who produced their albums and. You know, he, he spoke very highly of Scott, so, you know, great guy. Um, he will be missed. Will uh, be missed for sure. Lot no, there's no doubt. Yeah. That legacy live on forever, ain't no doubt about it, you know. For sure. I, mean, mm-hmm. uh, I remember I saw them uh, opening for somebody at the Count Basie in Red Bank. It was like, uh, you know, what was funny is when we were on Atco Records, and they were, uh, well, we were, you know, um, at that time, and they were called something else, Mighty Joe Young. Do you remember that? That's right. Yeah. They were called yeah. Mighty Joe Young. I remember our A&R person said, hey, what do you think of this band, Mighty Joe Young? And we're like, the name sucks, but the music's great. And uh, and then right. they wow. became Stone Temple Pilots. But the other guys, the Leo brothers, they're from my neck of the woods. And uh, I remember those guys playing around, you know, way before STP. Incredible wow. players, those guys. Mm-hmm. Are. Amazing, incredible musicians, amazing musicians. Yeah. Both of those guys. Incredible. <laughs> really? But, you know, Eric's awesome, too. Eric's a good songwriter, man. Awesome. He's What's a great, he doing? great drummer. Oh, yeah, he's great, right, of course. They're looking yeah, for a singer right now, right? Yeah. Uh, Shane, wait a minute. Uh, Shane, did you see the Ginger Baker movie? No, wait a minute. I don't, I don't think so. He did. Um, you should see it. It's because it's, you know, the drummer uh, being, he's crazy, though. He's, uh, but his favorite drummer. Oh, yeah. is the guy with the golf club? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but his favorite yeah, I drummer. Yeah, that. I mean, he loved jazz drummers. He, he no way yeah. related to uh, Bonzo Phew. Bottom or Keith that. Moon. He was jazz. He is yeah. jazz. The jazz yeah, drummers he picked were amazing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like very interesting. You know what I mean? You know, it was mm-hmm. a really great movie. I didn't expect to uh, to like it, but I loved it. Actually, it was the new Jaco Pistorius documentary. I want to see that. Yeah, I really want to see that. Really good. Uh, you know, Robert Trillo. Which one was that Metallica one? Put it together. What's that? What, what, which um, which uh, movie was that? Oh, uh, jo- the documentary on Jaco Pistorius. You know, oh yeah, I, it was you know, amazing. I, it was amazing. I mean, you know, I, know I like Rob the Sexto, the Sexto Rodriguez movie. Was it uh, Searching for Sugar Man or? That was um, awesome. That was a good movie, yeah. man. Very very cool. Yeah. Searching for Sugar wow. Man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. there's so many of them, man. I mean, I, lo- I just yeah. saw the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar one, which I thought was amazing too. <laughs> really, I haven't seen that. Wow. Uh, there's an Amy Winehouse break. movie coming out too. Everybody saw Amy that. Winehouse. Everybody did I hear that? that? A- that it was incredible. Yeah, there's an I Amy want Winehouse to hear about the Amy Winehouse movie. Who's yeah, doing that, that, is, one? that That's got it. Holly. That's going to be amazing. Who's doing that? One? I think you can get it on demand now. It's on like Wait Netflix and stuff. Oh, I mean on Netflix cool. uh, on Apple. I have but, Netflix. Uh, not Netflix. Who did um, it? It's on iTunes. You could buy it. Yeah, who did it? Everybody I know seen it said it was amazing. It's on iTunes. Of course, Keith. I love your radio voice. But how did you see the new Cobain? Who did the movie? Montage House, by the way. Who did that film? Oh. Which one? I can't remember. Amy Winehouse? Who did that film? I'm going to look it up. Uh, Oh, yeah? I'm going to look it up. Hold on a minute. I'll tell you in one minute. Amy. Love that. Winehouse movie. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know me. I have to look at My everything. Okay. It got 
a rating of 96% on rotten Whoa. tomatoes. Ooh. Not <laughs> rotten <that good>? tomatoes. <laughs> I know. Is that good or bad? <laughs> it's yeah. potatoes. Is that good or bad, Holly? Uh. Potatoes, I'm so stupid. Rotten potatoes, 96% doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good. It got a really high, listen, it got really high reviews. It's archival um, footage and personal testimonials, present and intimate portrait of the life and career of British singer songwriter Amy Winehouse. It was released on July 3rd. It was directed by Asif Kapedia, producer James Gay. Reese, music composed Antonio Pinto, cinematography Matt Curtis, and editor Chris King. I feel like I'm doing the Academy Awards, and the award goes to. Oh my God! It's there. No, it's a really good one too. Did you guys? Did you guys see the uh, Glenn Campbell documentary? No, I want to see that. that. Yeah, that's on Netflix. That was really good, and I really like the. the Bob Weir one. Bob Weir is amazing. You know, we're running time. we like, we are actually really running out of time because we've gone two hours, believe it or not. Keith, that was wasn't fun. this just like fun? Yeah. We have we like, have you know, eight minutes left yeah. and I wanna play your song Shake It Mama. Shake It Mama. <laughs> oh. Awesome. Let's talk about you know, wait, really quick, I wanna say, um, for Keith Roth, um, and I didn't mean to cut anyone off. We're gonna we're gonna continue the show again. I, Keith, I want to invite you back, and I want to invite you back too, Shane, with Spencer and I. Oh, thank you. Both Anytime. of you. Okay, because this to. is like what we usually do. This is like how we do. We have a party on on the air. Okay, we don't like to conform to radio. No, I, that's, that's the beauty of the show. Right on. You know, yeah. you know we're having a conversation. Um, if people choose to join the party, awesome. Are you kidding? Right. It's been so that's much right. fun. Two days in a there row, really and now you can have sweet dreams of Red Velvet Media and the Indie Cafe in your dreams. So let me tell you yeah. really quickly, I want to thank um, Keith so much for being here. Keith, how how can everyone get in touch with you besides you being on Facebook? You're also uh, on the air. Com. You know, MainManRecords.com, okay. uh, Frankenstein 3000. We have a Facebook page. Uh, yeah, 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 basically through either one of those. You know, uh, uh, you know, MainManRecords.com, Frankenstein3000.com. Hit me up on Facebook. I'm over the 5,000, but send a message, and I'm, I think I'm going to probably start another page. Awesome. Well. Cool, man. And Spencer, you're on Facebook. Yeah, uh, uh, Shane, and uh, because mm-hmm. Keith has my book, I want I want to get you a copy. Email me at Spencer I'll Drake, send you all the info. Yep. at Yahoo dot com at Yahoo okay. dot com. That's easy, one word. Cool. Spencer I'll Drake. send it and, to you, uh, Shane. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. And, I'll, send uh, I'll, send I'll send you the cassette player. Hey, thank you. You so guys much. are so funny. This Whoa, is like Will and Dylan. I'll send you. You got a cassette yeah. player for Christmas now. I want my lightsaber. Who's going to send me a lightsaber? <laughs> I don't have Yoda. Okay, Facebook, well, listen. Uh, and Shane, where can everyone find you? We can find you on Facebook, and we can also find you on beautyforashesmusic.com. And I am on Facebook. I don't think I'm at the 5,000 yet, but. No, but you've also got a Beauty for Ashes page. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of one and uh, send you a request, Shane. 
Awesome. Eat better. Yeah, me too. Me too, Shane. Me too. Yeah. Spencer. And I know, I know, Spencer, you're friends with his wife, Kelsey. Kelsey's yep. on your friends list, so it'll be easy to find oh, yeah, to find right. Shane. Wow. I'll make yep. sure. I'll make True. sure that I I suggest friends to Keith and also to you. Oh, and I'll make sure I get it all done. But in the meantime, Perfect. we want to tell everyone it's Friday. Thank you guys all for being here today. And today we had Keith oh, Roth on on a special edition of the Indie Cafe. If you missed the beginning of the show, it'll be available on iTunes afterwards. Download it. Listen to it. Have fun. A laugh. Um, you know, put it in the background. Dance to it. Whatever you want to do. And um, <laughs> play it to sleep by. We don't care. We just love being on the radio. And with that, we're going to end our show with Shake It Mama. Why don't you tell them a little bit about Shake It Mama? That's a great. That's a great name. Tell me about that you know, song. It was, uh, one of those things. It's a great uh, song. I love it. Yeah. I had the spirit of Motown for a minute, and uh, we were just being fun. You know, uh, we, the, actually the uh, the chorus and the, and the title was just kind of a goof, and I just said, you know what, let's just kind of roll with it. You know, but it, there's okay. kind of some realness to the song. There's a there's a bit of truth to it. It's two stories, you know, put into one. Well, and we're it's, gonna uh, you know, play. Single, it, it's yeah. a single from our current record, Save the Planet, which is, uh, you know, it's doing okay. So uh, we're thankful to everybody that bought awesome. the record. And, and, I want to thank you so much for being here today, and I want to thank everybody that tuned in. And I know that um, all the amazing people that you've played with and I've seen that you're friends with, like B.B. Buell and Jim and everybody, I want to wish everyone a happy holiday. And we will be back. We have a lot of really amazing shows coming up. And with that, we are going to end with Shake It Mama. And Shane, thank you so much for calling in. And Spencer... I will be talking to you soon. Thank you, Howard. Okay. Thank you so Take much, care, and, uh, Shane. Shane, nice Spencer, talking to you, brother. Howard. And uh, Spencer, you, you know, we'll, we'll oh, always great. be in touch. Hey, Keith, I love you, bro. And same Shane. Love you too, love buddy. Great meeting you. Love you guys too, Heck. man. Love I'm going to hook everybody you. up, okay? And I it's better get a pink saber in the mail soon. Uh, you know what? Okay. It's Holly Hookup. <laughs> it's called Holly Hookup. Yeah. Holly Hookup. Wait. We're hooking up over vinyl, okay? Ooh, That's it. Love we're that. gonna meet in Seattle, go. and we're gonna shake it, mama. Yeah, shake it, mama.
coming up. 